and rolling. Hello, willkommen, bienvenue, konnichiwa, ni hao, jambo, marhaba. Alright. Alright. Alright, yeah. Welcome to the Armist Inquisition, episode 243 on Sunday, the 14th of August, 2022. I'm Armist Phil. I'm Armist Ben. And I'm Armist Matt. And uh, tonight we are joined by paranormal researcher, author, and soon-to-be podcaster, oh. Mark Anthony Wyatt. How are we doing, Mark? Nice to see you again. Hi, Phil. Very well, thank you. Hi, hi, Matt. Hello. Hi, Ben. Hey. Yeah, it's been a hot minute since we sto- uh, stalked. Stalked <laughs> since we talked to you. <laughs> since Freudian. we talked to you last year. What was it? Yeah. it must have been a good year ago, at least. Mm. I thought it was more than that. Like could 18 well months be. plus. Could be, yeah, yeah. Could well be. Uh, Mark, you've written yeah. uh, two books that I'm a fan of about Cornwall and its uh, paranormal uh, uniqueness. Um, the Spirit of Cornwall, Volume 1. There it is. <laughs> then your camera. My camera. And Spirit of, volume, Spirit of Cornwall Volume 2. Oh, no. <laughs> Other way round, Ben. <laughs> Rank amateurs. That's what I'm dealing with. There you go. I can see it. <laughs> Terrible. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy your books. Re- very easy to read and quite unique because... You know, you're focusing... Each book focuses on a different end of Cornwall, if you like, doesn't it? And what's unique about these places. And um, I just found it really interesting. It it kind of made me want to retire there, (laughs) reading the books. You really, like, uh, bring out the charm of the place. Right. Was it was it you that uh, gave me a review recently? Because somebody used very similar words to that. Um, Who me? Wanted to (laughs) retire. Uh, Yeah, it could could well have been. yeah, I, did, I read that on a review just a few days ago, and um, I, I occasionally go on Amazon just to have a look, and there was a fresh one, and um, they used very similar description. So uh, I've sussed you. I've sussed you <laughs> <laughs> thank I think you it's... very much. If it, if it was you, thank you very much. It's it more evidence of a hive mind, I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a, a synchronicity. Could be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, now then... Um, Paranormal research. Uh, oh, hang on, hang on. I think we've got a, we've got something coming in. Isn't incoming uh, <laughs> transmission incoming. <laughs> What's going on? Stand by, stand by. Jack of Diamonds, you're the meanest heart I know. 
emergency transmission come from okay um the, the background to that is the where to start so I, i'm setting up a podcast soon i've been planning this for a while and been delayed mostly by technical stuff because I'm, I'm a dunce when it comes to technical stuff and um I, i've got all the t- i've got all the great guests lined up i've got um lots of fantastic topics and you know, I've got no shortage of those, but the technical stuff has taken me a bit longer. Um, so where did Cuckoo, the, the whole idea of Cuckoo, it's going to be called the Cuckoo Town Podcast. And it comes from two sources. The, the sort of more serious one is one of one of the areas that I've sort of expanded into can you still hear me? I'm yeah. yep. just rambling to myself. <laughs> One of the reasons. Um, so I, I've been fascinated by this sort of arts and music and literature scene. Down uh, one. In, yeah, in particular in Cornwall. Um, and, and in the past, I'm talking, well, there's a lot of it, from the 1890s up to the line, 1960s, really. But this particular, we, um, there was a guy, uh, he was a multi-talented guy called, I can't say this very clearly, Sven, that's S-V-E-N, Sven Berlin, as in the German city. Yeah. Uh, he was, he's a guy that I'm sort of fascinated with, one, one of quite a few I've been reading a lot about. He was a, he, he's passed now, but he was a sculptor. That was his main thing. He was also a writer. He did poetry. Um, he was probably, I, I can't remember now, but he, he did a lot of different things. I'm put on the spot and I'm trying to remember all. Now, he wrote a book. He was part of this very small community that were uh, in St. Ives in Cornwall during, during the sort of post-war years and sort of onwards from sort of late 40s, 50s. But they, they were the sort of um, the top. It was like a thriving artistic community. Really? Right. And, it's like, and it's a very small town down there. If, if you've, anyone's been there, they'll know it's a very small town. And... There was all this creativity just buzzing around the place. I mean, great, great musicians, artists, li- um, literature, every, everything was down there. And he was one of the major characters. And he sort of, it's a long story, but he sort of fell out with these other artists and he he went off to uh, Dorset in, in England, uh, sort of like, I don't know, a couple of hundred miles away or something, and to live the life of a gypsy. And... When he was there, he wrote this book about his days in St. Ives, which he called The Dark Monarch. And basically it was, um, 
I'm not sure how you say this. Is it Romana Clef, Romana Clef? It's like a story based on real people uh, where very little care has been taken in changing the names, although he did change names and he did change the name of the town and so on. So it's getting back to the point of it is he changed the name from St. Ives to Cuckoo Town because it was it was like his little dig at all these crazy artistic types you know right. of, of which he was one he was one of them and he's you know so that that partly comes from that he was, he'd called this place cuckoo town and i just love that sound of cuckoo town you know it's sort of slightly crazy yeah. and um and and I, I i'd already got a name for my podcast before this sort of came to my mind really i was going to call it the magical realms because it was to do with where the weird stuff it's like the fringes of our culture. You've got all this sort of slightly weird stuff, you know, the, the UFOs, the ghosts and everything, which is, you know, it's like uh, just a minority of us that are really interested in this stuff. Um, but then you've also got the, all the creative people, uh, the artists, the writers and so on. And there's, there's like a cross-fertilization between them as well. And you'll find that the more creative a person is, this has been sort of proven, the more creative somebody is in writing, music or whatever they do, the more likely they are to have a sort of quote paranormal experience. Wow. So there's a sort of, you know, as I say, cross fertilization between these two fields. So I, that's where the sort of magical realms, the whole idea that you can, that there's this unseen realm where we get our ideas from when we're sort of, you know, we have these brain waves, these sudden brain waves and so on. Mm. Um, the guy I've just been talking about, he called it, I think he called it the magic shuttle which is it's like the spark that creates is the creative spark, the energy that sets us off. And without that, I mean, it's the story of life. It's everything. Literally everything comes from this other field. Yeah. How do you and build we, a table without it imagining it first? Exa- exactly. Exactly. So we all do it in, mm. in our own ways. Everyone does it. Um, so that's, you know, that's the sort of spark of creativity. So that's, that's where my podcast is going. It's going to look or try to look more at the, uh, the sort of more creative aspects of paranormal and where, where it meets. So you've got like um, strange fiction or weird fiction, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this stuff has been, you know, weird fiction has been around for well, forever, really. But you could go back to like the 1880s, 1890s. You could go back to like, you know, H.G. Wells and um, all these different people. And they wrote weird fiction. And it's sort of, it's on the same sort of um, field as the paranormal stuff. And a lot of their ideas come from that. And if you read a lot of these old books by people like Algernon Blackwood, uh, Arthur Macken, these sort of people, and H.G. Wells, all of them, I mean, uh, you can see there's like a strong sort of theme of like the paranormal, the weird, a strong theme of the weird in there. So you can see where the two sort of meet. They sort of merge and blend. And it's sort of on the fringes of the mainstream because you don't really get it in the mainstream so much. It's by the time it gets to the mainstream, it's, it's more obvious. It's not so dark and creepy, you know, (laughs) Well, even like um, uh, Arthur C. Clarke and yes, like the, yeah, the yeah, monolith. Yeah. I mean, where, where yeah. does that idea come from that you can have this giant, this giant black, sort of um, perfect 
square, perfect surface thing be the the sort of the, the driving force of human evolution? I mean, that's just that is weird. It's a weird concept it, it that has to it come is. from somewhere. Yeah. Well, the other part of the cuckoo, I should tell you before I forget. Um, <laughs> so, so you've got that cuckoo town idea, you know, and I just love the love the sound of it. That this, it's almost like it. it you don't have to know Cornwall. You don't have to know St Ives. It, it isn't St Ives itself. The way I'm using it, I'm just using it as a, as like a metaphor, um, just like some sort of symbol of where I'm going with this podcast. It's like it's just an idea. An, um, an imaginary town, if you like. Um, now, I was toying with the idea, and I was thinking, well, Cuckoo Town, to me, sounds better than Magical Realms. I mean, you know, just does to me. And I'd already sort of worked out all these little blurby bits and PR and, you know, artwork and stuff for Magical Realms. And then I sort of started having second thoughts about the name. And then I wasn't quite sure. And then I was visiting a small town in America, which I, I want to talk about later because it's fascinating, fascinating stuff. And um, we popped. It's a place where there was a massive UFO sighting uh, in 2000, which I'll tell you a bit more about in a minute, if you like. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we, we had only gone there because we wanted we'd, – we'd been there before. I will say, I will say where it was. It was a place called Lebanon in Illinois. It's – roughly 90 minutes away from where we are and we we knew there'd been a ufo sighting and we loved the town it's a beautiful little town very old town very quiet hardly anyone lives there really and we just went down there so we could pop into a few shops that we really like there's a really cool music shop which also doubles as a ufo type place it's got aliens and ufos hanging from the ceiling and so he's sort of selling plectrums and guitar strings but he's also sort of talking ufology you know and he's very very knowledgeable this guy um so we were heading down to see him but we popped into this other shop just along from him and they're just it's difficult to explain this to some if you don't live in this country but i've been here a while now as you know and they're very friendly people, Americans generally, very friendly people. You know, they're not all friendly, obviously, but you know, most of them are. And you, you go into a store and you start talking to someone. Before you know it, there'll be five or six people joining in the conversation and you'll be there for an hour. You know? <laughs> it, is, it is like that. So my uh, Janice, she, she wandered off and got these lads who were running this store. They're probably my age, so old lads. <laughs> Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Phil. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So she was, I could hear her from a sort of, yeah, I don't know how far away, quite a a distance, the other end of the store, talking about UFOs and ghosts to these local people, which is why I'd gone there. But I'd got, I don't know if you use the term doorstepped. Do you know when somebody just, or beards you, when somebody beards you? Do you know what I mean? I don't know beards. What's beards you? Well, beard, beards you, it's, it's an expression. It means it's like when when somebody sort of inflicts themselves on you oh. and they stand really close to you and they start talking at you. Right. Like they, they're, they're, they're trying to be friendly. They are being friendly, but they're sort of, um, they want your attention and they want to talk at you rather than with you, I suppose. Yeah. 
Um, so I was in the store, and I'm, I'm obviously not going to give any names, but some stranger who I think he was, I think he was a bit on the, um, what do they call it, on the scale? Spectrum. Yeah, on the spectrum, yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, he just suddenly popped out from behind a, a rack in the store and started bearding me. <laughs> and he started talking about Led Zeppelin and he just went on and on and on and on about Led Zeppelin, very loud, in my face. And I'm listening to his conversation, a more interesting conversation. I mean, I like Led Zeppelin, but I didn't go there to talk about them. And I can hear this conversation going on. So I managed to eventually escape him and um, went and listened to these other guys talking about the UFO, um, a sighting that this guy had had, which was fascinating, like a weird cryptid. And this was the owner of a business, um, a 660-plus-year-old guy, um, ex-military, and he, he had some wonderful stories to tell, which I'm going to follow up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you just skipped off a, a weird cryptid, man. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Is flannel involved okay. or dog, dog man or... Um, sort of horse, horsey, actually, horsey. Moth cells. Horse more like a horse. Oh, horse. Centaur. Yeah, more like Centaur. a horse. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very strange, very strange. The Mars, just, Mars is very bright you. tonight. <laughs> Let me just tell you the cookie bit, and then I can get, we'll get away from it. So this guy that, that doorstepped me, bearded me, however you want to put it, um, he, I sort of made my escape to the counter where this more interesting conversation was going on, which I wanted to listen to, and he followed me. <laughs> he, he wasn't content with me. You know, I tried to do it not in a rude way, but he yeah. followed me, yeah. and he tried to continue his conversation. And he didn't like it because we were all talking UFOs, ghosts, and cryptids and so on, having a great time. There's a, there must have been about six of us. Right. And um, he, 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 would, he chased after me, more or less, and he started on about Robert Plant and how many times he'd seen him and blah, 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 blah. And oh. I, oh, my God. I mean, he could at least talk about Jimmy Page and Alistair Crowley, couldn't he? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, he wouldn't have known about that. He wouldn't have known no. about Bol, Bolskin and all that stuff. So anyway, he, um, the, the rest of the guys who were there, like I think there were three other guys and there was Janice who's really into this weird stuff as well. And we're having this conversation and he got quite visibly upset that we were talking about this stuff because in his mind, none of this stuff was real. You know, it's, it's you're crazy. So he actually said to us, he, he actually came out with this thing. Like, why do I want to talk about ghosts and UFOs? He said, I'm not cuckoo. <laughs> he said, I'm not cuckoo. And it was something I never heard before. Like, you know, he was implying, I don't think he, you know, as I said, I don't think he really, he wasn't all there really. So he was so, cuckoo. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so he, he thought we were all cuckoo because we were talking about this stuff that clearly doesn't exist in his world. And we must be crazy. And why wouldn't we want to talk about Led Zeppelin when we could talk about, you know, <laughs> or whatever? So it just struck me as really funny at the time. Like, and it was the way he said it. It was like, I'm not a cuckoo. And then I started thinking about Cuckoo Town. And so you can see where, where that, it was like something was trying to tell me, call it Cuckoo Town, because 
you're all cuckoo. <laughs> like a flash of inspiration. Exactly. It, it was. It was exactly. So we're sort of like, you know, going back on itself, hasn't it, really? Um, so that's where the idea comes from. It's a very long way of telling a very short story, but it's difficult to explain the guy because he was um, – Oh, and unfortunately, somebody gave him my number. I'm not saying who, but somebody gave what? him my number. The, the Led Zeppelin guy's got your number. Yeah, and um, he, 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 he rang me on. He rang me on the Monday, and I'm and I'm just ignoring my phone because I knew where you know. Oh my god! Well, this yeah. might surprise you, Mark, but guess who we've got? Line one. <laughs> Hello, Led Zeppelin notes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! I don't think surprise, he'll ever surprise. see. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he'll ever see this because he's he's not into the stuff. You know, don't no one see anyway. No, we have quite a on, wide reach. <laughs> really, it's not on his radar. You know, it's not on his personal radar. We'll put some so, Robert Plant hashtags in the yeah. show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so can pick him up. So, um, oh god! So, what else were you doing in this town? Uh, what is it called? Lebanon. Okay. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, okay, I'll try and be more serious now. So, Don't be serious. We're, nah. we're not serious. Okay. <laughs> when, when we arrived, it was like red hot, red hot day. You know, I think it was like late 90s that day, you know, which is quite normal around here um, throughout like a couple of months. And we, we just went and parked the car in this very small, very quiet town. We'd been there a few times before, but we just wanted to park the car and wander down to see two or three different people we knew. And as we were parking, I noticed this house. Did, did you actually um, have you got that picture handy? I don't know if you have. Oh, I, yeah, keep no, no, talking. it doesn't matter if you keep have. Talking. So, so, anyway, I saw this wonderful house, this absolutely staggeringly sort of creepy looking house. It was in good, good condition, but it was the typical sort of house that we used to see on these um, Hollywood type films, these um, horror films. I'm trying mm, to think yeah. of an example. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like on a hill, mm. you know, and it's like the only thing I took, I took the photo immediately. Well, actually, Janice did because I didn't have my camera. And I, I said, the only thing missing is like the, the lightning flash top right. <laughs> you know, you can imagine that on a dark night with fun, you know, dark clouds and so on, you know, very creepy. So I didn't know anything about this house. I'd never really noticed it before, weirdly enough, because I hadn't it only been there a couple of times. And we just carried on, you know, I took the picture and then we just carried on with our day. When we were in this um, music stroke UFO type shop, sorry Ben, um, I, I will I, I'll say the name of it is Hangar Eighteen, which you'll probably right. get the significance of. Is that from Area Fifty One? Mm. Yeah, well, Wright Patterson, um, Ohio. It, it's it was one of these hangars where they supposedly had all these UFOs and stuff. Mm. Um, so we mentioned this house and we said, oh, what a beautiful house it was. And he said, oh, I know the people who live there. And because it's a very small town, everyone seems to know everyone. And cutting a long story short, I had a phone call from them yesterday saying, we understand you're interested in the house because it's haunted. Now, oh, I, I forgot to mention that bit. Terrible, terrible storyteller. So when I, when I took the when Janice took the picture, I did say to her, if that house isn't haunted, it 
bloody well should be because it's so creepy looking, you know. And then, of course, we find out it is haunted. You know, like half an hour later, we, we speak to this guy and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I know the people who live there and it is haunted. So that's setting in motion a chain of events. So I'm speaking to them later tonight to arrange a meeting to go over there. And I, I'm not really a ghost hunter, to be honest. I'm not. That's not what I do. But I am interested and I have seen stuff myself. So I know it's, you know, real, whatever that is. I've, I've seen stuff. So I'm fascinated by it. And I have contacts who love doing that stuff. And they're very good at it, very professional. So I'm, I'm just like um, a go-between. I'm just going to find out about the place. I'm going to make a lot of notes about um, the sort of things they've experienced, uh, any names that might come up, this sort of thing. And then I'm going to keep that to myself and send, well, a, a, a colleague I know to go and have a look because I'm curious to see whether he comes up with any information I get. Right, if he can independently verify. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that that that's one of the things I've got sort of lined up for the next well, the next few days really. Um, the the other thing was of course this this town has a history of this weird stuff because uh, there was a huge UFO back in two thousand. Yeah, tell us about that, Mark. Well, I don't know that much. About, I know a little bit about it. I'm, I'm sort of on the sort of learning curve with that one because I need to go and interview these guys without the presence of this uh, Led Zeppelin guy around them. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I, I won't be able to talk to them like I wasn't able to because he just kept getting in the way. I think he was just randomly passing by, so I, hopefully that won't happen again. But I'm in touch with these people now and... We'll have a proper sit down, and you know, I record them. Right. But so all, the- all I know, is, yeah, all I know so far is that uh, I mean, I had heard of it before I ever went there. It was quite a big case. Um, so it was, I think it was January, yeah, early January two thousand. At least three police officers from various towns on a flight route. You know, so it's, I'm trying to think of south, southeast of St. Louis this place is it it was tracked like pretty low and huge traveling across these three towns it was um from memory it was belleville um oh dear what the names i've got them so i scribbled them down because i'm still in the early stages of learning about this myself um it it was v-shaped and it was the size of a football field apparently (laughs) Um, or a two-story house. Somebody else said it was like a two-story house. Um, it was silent, no visible engines, and three separate police officers in three different areas along the route. All of these were southeast of St. Louis. They all saw it, and they all reported it to their police stations. Oh. Also, some truckers and truckers saw it, and various other people. Was was this in daytime or nighttime? Uh, this was a night nighttime sighting. So it was the and, lights um, they were going off. Yeah, I guess. it was like yeah, and they they claimed it was like two stories. It was two. It was almost like there was a penthouse on top. One guy said, and um, there is an air force base quite nearby. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, Scott Air Force Base is quite nearby, a few miles away, I think. Um, so they they claimed it was nothing to do with them. They didn't have anything up in the air at the time. 
And, you know, they probably did know about it, but they couldn't admit to it. Um, what else can I tell you about it? So it, it was tracked. The, the interesting thing there, I think, is that three policemen that all saw it and all reported it, and they all reported the same thing from different areas. And um, one of the... Uh, policeman actually made some quite funny remark, you know, like, well, I think, yeah, the tr a trucker rang in the report and to the police station and the, and the lady at the police station told this local policeman who was out on a patrol, you know, there's, there's a UFO apparently, you just keep your eyes up and have a look. And he asked, he said, well, what, am I, what, what do you expect me to do about it? You know, what can I do about it? Take him in for questioning, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite an interesting case anyway. And, um, and one of the guys I was chatting to in this store, who I, I, I want to get the full-on story, he had some wonderful information, which I, I need more information on, really. But... He's linked sort of at a distance to the Rendlesham Forest incident, which happened, as you probably know, in Suffolk in England, mm. uh, 1980, December 80. Um, he wasn't there. It, as you know, it's a US Air Force base. Um, well, it was a RAF base, Bent Waters, which the US Air Force used at the time. But back home in America, at the same time, and this has never, as far as I know, this, this part of that story has never, ever come out. He was at an Air Force or Coast Guard base in America. I, I can't really say too much more, but he was in a radio room at the same time as the Rendlesham incident was going on. Oh. And he was, he was receiving, not just him, obviously, there's a bunch of them, I'm sure. They were receiving reports from England from that base, and they were all talking about this incident that was going off at the time. And there were rumours and stuff going around as well, you know, people's different stories going around as to what had happened. So he's one of the guys I'm going to interview this week, hopefully, if I can sort of... Get, that, that's get like, that's like a two-for-one. <laughs> yeah, a two-for. Yeah, a two-for. <laughs> yeah, it's a two-for, yeah. Uh, and and a free for one actually because uh, the same guy saw the horse man. <laughs> the yeah, he did. Yeah. Now I'm I'm wondering. Really? I mean, is it is it connected? I mean, do I think when when people see these things, it's like it's not always the you know it's not the be all and end all. It's sort of it's an ongoing thing. Maybe maybe it opens up some portal perception or something. Yes. You know. But he, he yeah something ran. I'm going to get the full story from him, but. Because as I say, I was trying to listen hard to what he was had to say, and this other guy kept interrupting because it was a public space, you know. Um, but he saw something run across the, the road in front of him as he was driving, and he said it was like a long horse, but like a skinny boat, like a bony horse. So uh, what that was, we don't know. That that wasn't at the same time. I should stress that wasn't at the same time. That was like later. No, so uh, that sort of suggests like um, uh, a, a hotspot. Hot well, either a hotspot yeah. or a, propens yeah. a propensity in the individual. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a blend. I think it's a blend of both, really. I think some people are more, uh, what's the word, really, like, lightly sensitive. Sensitive to it, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I've seen a lot of stuff myself in the past, not, not so much in recent years, but, and I, and I wonder whether that's part of, um, your sort of consciousness growing or whatever. It's something, maybe it happens more when you're younger as well in some cases. Well, we had that yeah, with uh, the so. chap from, the, I can't remember the name of the, the house where you investigated recently, and we, we had him on the show, Mark. Um, oh, I, yes, yeah, yeah, that's um, Robin, Robin Terry. Robin, yes. yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah he was yeah, telling yeah. us about the, the eight-year-old girl who seemed, who was, seemed yeah, to have been communicating yeah. with the girl who died in the fire and stuff, and it was like, and yeah. this is something I've read in, like, philosophy and all sorts of stuff, that when you start off, you... you Mm-hmm. You you start off at a certain level, and this stuff just gets drummed out of you by the time you reach puberty. Yeah. Basically, it's yeah, like imaginary it friends. Yeah. You know, we all remember yeah. people we knew who had imaginary friends. It's like, were they? <laughs> or could they just? Did they just have some sort of filter? You know, wonky in their brain where they could see something that we couldn't. I don't know. Yeah, I I wonder whether. I mean, it's also tied in with the possibility. Some would say the reality. I don't know of reincarnation so if if a soul enters a body whenever conception or whenever it does um maybe there's the whole sort of pregnancy period is a kind of buffer so that you know you sort of learn to live again you're sort of learning to cope with this new situation you're in the suffering um yeah, yeah. And, then, and then also as you're a youngster you you know the early years you can't really express yourself anyway and and i think the ones who talk about their past lives and so on it, it's almost like a glitch in that for some reason the memory banks weren't wiped or something of previous if if that's the case, I don't know. I mean, I you know, none of us really know. Yeah, that. we're speculating. But yeah, yeah. So um, that, that's a possibility. I mean, I myself, when I was a kid, I used to regularly have a dream, it's, it's, it's like a very real dream, um, where I used to say, I used to get upset in bed, you know, I'm talking about like very young, sort of four, five, six, whatever. And I used to say to my my mum, when she used to come in to sort of try and calm me down, she would say, uh, "What's about?" And I would say, "I want to go back on the farm where Tracy is." Now, that's—I don't know what that meant because I can't remember what the dream was, but it was always the same line. And my mum, because I had a sister, I still have a sister called Tracy, and she was in the same room at the time because we, you know, I, I was brought up in a council house. You know, it's like a shoebox. And, um, you know, only in retrospect, at the time it seemed big, but. <laughs> and she was in the same room. And my mum would say to me, What are you talking about? Tracy's over there. She was sleeping until you started yelling, you know. And I'd say, No, not that Tracy, the other Tracy. But we didn't know any other Tracys. So. Um, I wonder whether that was some sort of flashback to something else. You know, it's, it's all a mystery. <laughs> so can you remember it? Because, like, I think um, my earliest memory really, is probably no. from about the age of four or five. It's weird mm. that we don't remember, you know, unless, I guess, in mm. exceptional circumstances, we really tend to not remember anything from around that age, previous to that age, do we? No, that's right. I mean, I, I've only got... I mean, I don't know. You speak to some people and they remember, you know, they can go back to like two or three, can't they? 
my earliest memory was probably, I mean, that was just a dream I had, you know, regularly. But in in the reality, <laughs> my my first memory was um, going across a, I wouldn't have known it at the time, but it was, I knew in later years, it was a wood, wooden, do you know, like the wooden sleepers you get on railway lines? Yeah. Um, they, they call them ties over here, I think. So like big wooden sleepers across like a tributary to a river. And I was in a push chair and I, I had a, like a red plastic Land Rover, which I dropped into the river, well, stream, like a tiny stream. And it just gushed off at speed, you know, <laughs> And that was my earliest memory. And I know, I know, I learned in later years where that was. Uh, that was on an, an old gunpowder works, um, which I mentioned in my book, because that's, I was raised on a gunpowder works um, built in 1626 or something, um, which was obviously by that time, 1960, it had been closed for 40 plus years. So, but we lived on the site, but that was a haunted site as well. So, um, yeah, I, um, I'm really interested in this idea of where inspiration comes from or mm. the muse they used to call it, didn't they? In, in like ancient yeah, yeah, Greece yeah, and yeah. Rome. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And it's yeah. like, like I said before, like the imagination, and you said it, in fact, the imagination creates everything. It does. Without the imagination, nothing man-made, whether it be a a physical object or a a sculpture or a piece of music, nothing would exist without this sort of precognition of imagination. And where where does that spark come from? Have you got any sort of theories about that, where it does come from, where it originates? um, It's, oh my God, it's just like, it's such a big mind blower, isn't it? It's like, I don't know where, even know where to start with it. When I was trying to describe for my sort of blurb for the podcast and so on, I was trying to explain what my angle was, you know, why it was maybe different to other people's paranormal, you know, it's not as, it's not a standard paranormal podcast and it's not an arts podcast as such it's like somewhere in the middle and i try to explain this place um where we get these ideas from and i thought well how can i explain it because it's not something we can see it's not something we can even prove exists really um but we sort of we know it's there but where where is it we don't know um, is it alongside us? Is it all around us? Um, are these ideas being planted there by other intelligences? You know, are we working as a team? Are we the front person of a team, maybe? There's other, there's like guardian angels or whatever you want to call them. It may be. It's like when you're writing. I mean, if you write, I, I've, you know, as you know, I write. Um, and sometimes I just be sat there and I and I'm in the zone I literally get in the zone and hours will pass and I won't even notice it because I'm just in that place and when I read when I read back what I've written I don't really recognize some of it it's um, <laughs> it came it's from like, somewhere else yeah where did that come from <laughs> yeah and I, actually that works as well when you when you write something and you go back to it your your own book maybe after a year or so and 
I find myself thinking, this guy's quite good. I don't know who he is, but he's all right. He's really good. <laughs> it sounds really cocky, but and occasionally I'll, I'll stun myself. In fact, I have to say, I'll say publicly, that line you came up with on the um, podcast blurb. Oh, I'm, I'm, I write really good YouTube show notes. Yeah, I <laughs> love my writing the line, but, Yeah, the line about the inspiration. I, I can't see it in front of me now, but oh, the origin of inspiration. Yeah, I thought, wow, that's just like it's just a, a nice sort of feel to that. And I'd never really, I sort of thought about it, but not in those words. If you see what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I thought, yeah, that's brilliant. You should be a writer. <laughs> Maybe so, one um, day. Yeah, but I mean, this 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 doesn't just apply to writing. It seems to me it everything, applies to every everything. sort of creative yeah. endeavor, whether yeah. you write yeah. words or, or music, or you're yeah. an artist in another. Even like we're in the digital age now, digital artists, people who can take some software and create a, a work of art out of software. It's still yes. the same. It seems like it's still the same mechanism that's happening. Yeah, it's just the medium well, that changes. And I think it was either Matt or Ben said earlier about the hive mind. So some of these ideas, that's another thing. Um, sometimes you can have an idea for an invention, for example, and you might you might have just got this idea. You just plucked it out of the air. It just came to you one day. I've, I've had a, sort of small versions of this happen. And then you find someone else has already done it, and they've only just done it. It's like it was out there and they, you know, they haven't been looking at your stuff online or, you know, you had no contact with them. They had no way of stealing your ideas. Um, But it's like it's out there, this muse or whatever is out there and you just have to tune into it. Right. So the idea is out there. The idea is ready to be plucked. It's just who tunes in first and manifests it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, this is why it's such a difficult thing to to express because, like, every day, literally every day, like, we are, I I believe we are all co-creating this world we're in, you know, whether it's a matrix or, you know, some sort of program. We co-create it, I think. And we can make it go any way we want it. But if you can imagine, like, a shoulder fish, that's how I see it, and they're sort of heading in one direction, and then... Some of them start, or or some birds, when they communicate in the sky, like swallows in a flock, you know, the way they swoop around together. Mm. So we could be acting. It only takes a few strong um, minds, you know, leaders. Yeah, yeah a few strong from- minds. Yeah, who sort of get other people interested in something and doing something. So like like with this whole, without going into that, cause that's depressing, but. This whole situation we found ourselves in the last couple of years, it, uh, the only way we we're ever going to get out of that and get away from the digital hell, which we could be headed for, is for some people, you know, these leader, these leader types to actually be loud about encouraging people to go another way. Like, like recently with the money situation, where if pe- more people use hard currency money like change then we get to keep our change which gives us more sort of privacy and so freedom yeah yeah so and and people were putting that out there a lot on social media and i agree with it's a good idea and supposedly over the last month or so 
more people have been using cash. So what I'm saying is using that as an example, a few people a few people in this hive mind or whatever can sort of influence others to go in a certain direction. So the whole the whole life cycle, the whole pattern that we're following, there's nothing's a foregone conclusion. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. We we can co-create a better future just by doing the right thing and helping each other and all the rest of it, you know. Right, yeah, I get you. The temptation Um, is to throw your hands in the air and say it's inevitable that we're going to end up with central bank digital currencies and you'll be be enslaved, basically. Yeah. It's like with the... What was it with Spain? This Was it last week where they've they've put a limit on thermostats, haven't they? uh, 27 degrees. 27 degrees, yeah. For oh. your, for your, you know, that's as you can't be any cooler than that. That's yeah. that's your limit. And the the best part is, is that all these people are getting um, hives and uh, nests. They'll be able to just change it through the internet. They'll be able to limit what your heating can go to through the internet for convenience. Uh, yeah, and and they'll they'll sort of um, you know punish you for using you know eating too much chocolate or whatever it is. Yeah. They'll know what you're buying. They'll know what you're using. And they'll sort of, you know, they'll sort of limit other things like transport. Oh, you can't come on a train. We already so, have them, the, the carbon credit cards. I think, yeah. is it Sweden? Yeah. One of the Nordics yeah. has, has rolled yeah. one out now and you can, yeah. it'll count out, it'll calculate your carbon score based on your purchases. Yeah. And, and soon that'll know, be, but, you'll be yeah. taxed on it. It's for our own good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the hypocrisy of these people, though, are telling um, us this, you thing, know? isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, the guys who, who run the show, they're, we're, we're the plebs Abanus. They don't give a shit yeah. about us. They're, we don't, we don't. They, they can afford to pay the taxes, the carbon taxes, mm. mainly because mm. they don't pay any other yeah. taxes. Yeah. Because, you know, ta- income yeah. taxes for mugs like us, yeah. us four. Yeah. Well, we did, we did, pay income tax. Once you get to a certain yeah. level, you pay zero tax. In fact, you get some back if you're Jeff Bezos. That's right. Yeah, yeah tax credit yeah, yeah, you got yeah. one year. 1,600 yeah. quid tax credit. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I, I try not to think too much about all this stuff because it would just get you down. You, yeah, you, let's go back you, to the shoals of fish and then the... And the uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but you, you raised an interesting point and yeah, you yeah, brought the yeah. two analogies of the shoals of fish and the birds because yes. when you watch them, when they move like that, it almost yeah. looks telepathic. It, it is. I think it is, yeah. Is yeah. it telepathic or is well, that just a heightened sensory well, it gets, system it gets they have? Weird. It gets a lot weirder than that. I was listening to... I wish I could remember his name. I was listening to... Dellingpod, I think it was. And he was, is it Del- yeah, the Delling, the Delling James Dellingpod, yeah. James Dell, yeah. And he was talking to some guy, I wish I could remember his name. And he was talking about how the, the whole, um, so in his case, he was talking about when he was a lad and he had to go fishing, sea fishing. Uh, he was invited along. He was only like seven or eight or something. And he was invited along on a boat with a glass bottom. And he didn't want to. He, he obviously wasn't like a, a rough and ready, tough sort of lad. He, he he didn't want to put maggots on the hook or whatever. And I must admit, I had some sympathy with him because I was that lad for a while. <laughs> and anyway, they were on the boat, and he said he didn't really want to go. And he's, he had a few mates there and bigger brothers and dad and so on. And 
he said they could see all the fish coming underneath them and they each, say, say there were four lines in there with their hook on, they could see each hook. And he was desperate to, well, one, not, not tell them how scared he was. He didn't want to sort of lose face. But he didn't know what to do because he was scared that he would catch a fish and then have to take it off and he didn't want to touch it. So... He, as I say, didn't want to admit it. So basically, he he prayed to Jesus or something, right? And he said, "Please don't let me catch a fish. I just don't want to catch a fish." Or whatever. Five thousand fish do. turned up. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no he, he said the story Two is really weird. He said, he said every other hook, every other hook was absolutely swimming, and he had the same bait on. Every other hook was busy, really busy, and his father noticed it. And he didn't say to his dad, oh, yeah, well, I just prayed to, to Jesus or whatever. So his dad was trying to figure it out, and the other lads noticed it. So they, they swapped rods, right? And whichever rod he used, he didn't get any fish anywhere near it. Isn't that weird? And it's like, well, what the hell was that about? And um, And then he was talking about how the programming. So you're talking about like this matrix idea that we're all in a big program. And he was suggesting that certain species and certain shrubs and trees and mycelium, everything, we are pre-programmed to do a certain job. And, you know, I, I don't know, it blows my mind just thinking about this stuff, but he thinks that some fish he was he was a scientific guy as well this wasn't some you know weird guy just coming up right here he was he was i forget his name but he was a scientist and he thinks that <coughs> some some species although we don't know why they're doing it it's a bit like bees they'll go and collect the pollen won't they and then go back they probably don't have a, we don't have conversations about it and you know discuss the, the, the deeper things of life they just do it because it's what it's programmed into them to do it. Yeah. And so they're actually fulfilling a role and they're sacrificing themselves. So the fish, the fish were sacrificing themselves for the greater good, which I don't like that term at all because it ties into that whole thing we just talked about. Yes. Like, you know, do it for granny and all that bullshit, frankly. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, the idea is nice, but it's, it's rubbish. It doesn't it's not real? But um, yeah, so I, I just fascinated by that whole idea. And uh, um, if you read, if you've ever read any of David Icke's books, he talked about this stuff like twenty, thirty years ago. And now the guys are coming out. You know, scientists are coming out now saying this stuff out loud, and people are taking them seriously because they're scientists. Yeah. He was saying the same thing 20, 30 years ago, and they'd, oh, you're mad. It's kind of reminiscent you know. of Rupert Sheldrake's morphic resonance yeah, theory yeah, as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. That there is yeah. some sort of, um, I yeah. don't know, intangible communication between the same species, even though they could be separated by a continent. And yes, he seemed yeah. to have, you know, he did these experiments on rats, and you can put the rat yeah, yeah. through the maze and then a rat on the other side of the world can find the maze quicker because the first mouse yeah. has found the 
the exit is what is wild. Yes. yes, so that information has gone from, you know, across the distance of time and well, not time, distance, um, which says suggests there's no separation between anything. Well, so, that makes um, sense to me because we yeah. aren't separated at all. No, we, 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 what's that thing about, you know, we're, we're somebody dreaming ourselves or something? <laughs> so, you know, there's... A, Oh, I don't know. Off the top of my head. Don't know. Um, yeah. Um, I, I just find all that stuff mind-blowing. Well, it's it's kind of like chaos theory, isn't it? And the flapping of the butterfly's wings causing a uh, hurricane on the other side of the yeah. world. Cause exactly, and effect. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you, if you go back to, um, not that I've read it, but I've read bits and pieces. If you go back to the Bible and they talk about, one of the lines was, in my father's house there are many mansions. And I've I've often wondered if that means if they're talking like dimensions, so which would explain. I mean, if if you think about people see UFOs, for example, and they see them and they say, "Oh, they just suddenly appeared." They they went, you know, visible. They were visible for a while, and then they just disappeared. They, you know, and and people assume that is just like a sudden burst of speed that's so quick we can't see it. But what if it's just popped in from outside and it's popping out again? So it's not, you know, you are seeing it when it's here, but it, it's popped in and popped out because it's popped in from, like, the other side of the curtain, another dimension. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, how many other dimensions are there? Are they infinite? Is there a set number? Is it maths? Is it down to maths? Is there a set Well, I mean, ratio? I'm sure I've said it before, but if you're interested in... Extra dimensions. The thing to read is PDU Spensky's new model of the universe, and I think oh, right. I think you can buy the chapter just on the fourth dimension separately on Amazon for right, like a right. few quid. But he does such a good job of explain. I can't do it. I'd butcher it. But he does a really good job of explaining how yeah. we would perceive things in a fourth right. dimension and how they would perceive us. But he starts at the first yeah. dimension, a, a line. I then, think you told me this before. Yeah, they, they showed the drawings and tried from your perspective of it. Is that right? Kind so of, yeah. There's, so there's a line. There's a line in the first. So one, one dimension is just a line. It's two points yeah, connected, and yeah, then the second yeah. dimension is a plane, and then the third right. dimension is is three. So it's, it's a cube pipe or something. It's a cube, yeah, but, yeah. but it's how you yeah, like. Cube. If you if you were looking at something from the second dimension, you would just see the plane. But someone looking from the second dimension to the third, yeah, they yeah. only see the front face, so it looks like right. a plane. But it's not. Yeah. We're three-dimensional so, beings. So, but mm, if you're living yeah. in two dimensions, when you look at us, we just look like a plane, like a cartoon, like The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it in a, in a nutshell. But then he takes yeah. it to the fourth dimension, and that really right. like blows your mind what we could be dealing with. So, yeah, so get on that point then, um, I think I think I came across that guy, um, Uspensky, is that is O-E-U, yes. something like that. It, yeah. it was in um, Colin Wilson's book on the occult. Oh. I think I read that many years ago. I'll have to try and read that again. That's right. But if you think about um, hauntings and such like, and as I say, UFOs as well, it's, it all sort of makes sense if you think of it in terms of, like, different realities and so on. Um, and it's like they can probably... And uh, the, other, the other thing I'm thinking is is frequency. So we're like a... Maybe we're playing on a certain frequency 
and the, they're playing on another frequency, so it's like different speeds and so on. Um, I mean, I've I've seen plenty of videos where I saw one recently where there's some weird there's a jet of Florida air show going across the ocean, and there's people on the beach, and you clearly see this little disc type thing coming out of the sea, and I you know people could say oh, it's CGI, and maybe it is, who knows, but. I, I, it traveled so fast, you had to slow it right down to see this thing. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think it's just for difference in the speed. So they're, maybe they're broadcasting on a different frequency and so on to us. But every now and again, there's like glitches where we see stuff that we shouldn't see, maybe because we're not meant to see. And they're not. And maybe the dimensions above us, whether, are able to step into ours you know, out will almost and just have a look around. <laughs> That's a huge thing, it, it, the frequency you know, question. This has been yeah, known for yeah. thousands of years. Pythagoras, the music of the spheres, he talked about frequency. That's how he described right. music. And then looking oh, at the right. modern day, if you look at cymatics, where they, you know, they'll throw uh, iron filings on this thing and play certain frequencies, and they the, the iron filings will assume certain sacred geometrical patterns depending on the, the frequency wave right. depending what the what number of hertz sound you put yeah, through yeah. the through the uh, medium yeah. that the well, also, yeah that also works with water yeah i, I had a yeah. yeah i had a friend who um, he sadly died back about ooh, eight nine years ago now and he was into all this stuff he, he well taught me a lot of stuff really but he had a jar of water on the on a on a mantelpiece above his sink, and he'd written love on one of them and hate on the other one. Wow. <laughs> and you know where I'm going with this. But he he claimed he never touched these, and I don't think he did. But the love one stayed sort of pure, and the other one was like manky, you know, so, <laughs> sort of yellow and horrible. I mean, he was Dorian probably Gray. putting he was probably putting stuff in there when I wasn't looking. Who knows? But you know, but I have heard. That you know, they have there have been proper lab experiments on that, oh. and just just the word itself, the sound of the word, or just written down. I mean, that's what blows my mind. I mean, you can understand audio maybe affecting something, but just the intention is the intention, isn't it? That's it. That's the key thing. It's not the fr- in that case, yeah. it's not the frequency of the sound, or the it's the intention that counts. Yeah. It's like yeah. I mean, I remember Prince Charles going on about talking to his plants, yeah. and he, he swore that. I mean, I'd, I'm not a fan of Prince Charles. I think he's no. probably uh, yeah, probably yeah. a wrongen. But you but know, he was right. He was right about that, wasn't he? Seems to be. I don't yeah. know. Well, uh, well, supposedly now I'm just. I'm thinking back to this guy that I heard on this. I must try and find it again. He, yeah, that's right. He set up an experiment to, to do with plants and to see whether they feel pain. And he didn't want him. He didn't want to affect it in any way. So he basically wanted it, this experiment to happen at a time when he wasn't around to affect it. So he set up this contraption. <laughs> which sent boiling water and just splashed it over this plant, right? <laughs> like a little, um, you know, like a craney type thing with hot water. It boiled it up and it went like that all over it. <laughs> but it, it, he didn't want it to sort of be random. So he set it for like three o'clock in the morning. And 
at three o'clock, and, and he had a, a buzzer to say when this thing. It was just round. I think it just went randomly off. But anyway, there was. Um, he had these, you know, like a little needle with a graph showing changes in the structure of his plant or whatever. And at three o'clock, when this water splashed it, there was all there was. Well, there wasn't an audio of it screaming, but there was some sort of reference to it, which makes me think of the day of the Triffids. <laughs> John, John Wyndham, yeah. But, um, yeah, and, and actually that made me feel really bad because I was a gardener for quite a few years for my own business. <laughs> and I used to think about all the weeds I used to pull out and, you know, I had not a second thought about it. And... <laughs> And you think, you know, you take a limb off a tree, you know, who knows? I don't know. I wonder if, um, <laughs> I think that I'm starting to get the the feeling that pretty much everything is conscious. Yes. But there's yeah. different degrees. Yeah. There's different degrees yeah. of conscious and how you measure that is probably the, the sticky thing. Yeah. Yeah, I won't yeah, worry I think, too I much about it, your 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 my my garden God. crimes <laughs> crimes against gardening C- crimes against botany. Well, I actually got told off once when I when I first started gardening. This is funny. Um, I I worked. This is so I, I gave, gave up my builders merchants and I was a, I was a rep and I just had enough of that sort of commercial lifestyle of like company car and suit and tie and all that. So I set up a gardening business in Cornwall and uh, before I did it, I thought, well, I better learn a bit more. I, I, I have got green fingers as they say. So I am pretty good at it really. And I got that through the family. Um, so I sort of had a head start, but I needed to learn a bit more. So I, I worked for a local company as part of a gang that went out in these trucks with the mowers on the back, you know, and I did all that stuff. So what, on my first day or second day, we went to this old rambling mansion in um, well, North Cornwall somewhere. And basically I was told, I'll just weed this path and tidy it up a bit. I was with one other guy. And I saw these little weedy type flowers. Well, you know, they look like weeds to me between these this paving stones, you know, and I thought, be, I'm a, you know, I'm a bit of a tidy freak, and I didn't like the look of them, so I thought they're coming up. <laughs> so I, I ripped them all out, and uh, big mistake, big mistake. So the lady of the house comes out; she's about sort of sixty-five, very, very angry when she suddenly noticed that these. <laughs> They were like a, a flower that let out a scent when you walked on them, which she loved. Because I, I didn't know that, you know. So basically, she was absolutely livid, you know, absolutely livid. So it's like, you know, so it's not a mistake you'll make a second time. But the funny thing about that was she was the sister of Sir John Knott, Who's you that? Sir John Knott. He was he was a Tory minister, and he um, he he was the one who he was giving an interview on the BBC about the Falkland Islands or something. So it goes back to the eighties, and they were giving him a hard time, and he just suddenly got up. He said, "I'm not going to I'm not going to deal with this. How dare you speak to me like that?" And he just ripped his mic off and stormed out. Wow. <laughs> 
and um, it, you can still find it on YouTube probably. But um, it, it was his sister, right. and um, and I just thought, yeah, sweet justice, really. Tall <laughs> Uh, Take that. Yeah. yeah. I fucked your sister over. Can you edit that out? No, it's life. Sorry. (laughs) We're not bothered about fucking over Tories here. No. The the funny thing about that was the the guy I was with is a really nice guy. Um, He was sort of just trading me for the day sort of thing. And he apologised. I apologised. And off she went eventually. Then she came back and she started again. And he said, look, I'm sorry. Mark's sorry. You know, off she went again. This, I mean, I'm putting this very concise, but this went on. About the fourth time she came out, <laughs> I'm not going to say what he told her to do, but we didn't work for her again. <laughs> do you think she was after money? Was she after money off? Possibly. I would possibly, have thought yeah. so. Yeah, I think that's, that's what she was looking yeah, for. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know what people with money are like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you? Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. I was just going to say we're we're an equal opportunities um, slayer of Hater. politicians. <laughs> yeah. 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 Me. Me too. Definitely. They, I think they can all in get fact, in I, the sea. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be honest. I feel more let down by the by the Labour lot than I do by because like the Tories, you expect them to screw you over, don't you? Yeah. 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 It's what they've always done. It's like well, that's what they do. Yeah. Give them a break. That's what they do. But. The other lot, it's in my name, isn't it? They call them the opposition, but they're not. The Labour Party. Yeah, they were worse. They're supposed to represent Labour. Yeah, they wanted to do everything harder, didn't they? Oh, Oh, give them more more lockdowns. Yeah, give them bigger social distances. You know, they they just wanted to do everything far worse. Yeah. And I've I've got no time for them whatsoever. And and they're all... um, Oh, shit, going off on a rant now. But they're all like um, the people who sort of support them. They sort of tell poor people how to, what they should think. Oh, yeah, because they're, they they're poorly they educated. They're, they're poorly educated, you see. So we have to yeah, save so, them from making yeah, poor decisions <laughs> like Brexit because they're <laughs> so poorly educated. And uh, yeah, but they all live. In, they all live in these posh houses, and they they've got comfortable salaries. Yeah, champagne nice socialists. Yeah. yeah, and it's like I, I mean, if you go back twenty, thirty years, it wasn't quite so bad, was it? Well, yeah, I could sort of get behind them then. I guess um, Tony Blair changed the game, didn't he, with New Labour? Yeah. Mm. I often think he was planted. I think he was like, um, I think he was one of the other lot. Yeah, yeah, I think he was put there to pretend he was like a socialist or whatever. And, um, yeah. I mean, he spent a lot of money. You can't argue with the matter. You know, he spent a lot of money on education. I remember shoe start programs. I worked on them, building them. All closed. Yeah, because guess what? The government doesn't have any money. (laughs) It's our money that they take from us and they decide to spend, you know. Redistribute it, yeah. Yeah, redistribution of wealth, yeah. Yeah. Mainly to the mates. (laughs) Well, it's got so bad now, it's like beyond a joke, isn't it? Well, I mean, we're facing, we'll probably, we might, if we have time, talk talk about this in part two, but um, 
with like the fuel crisis and inflation and stuff, it's it's looking pretty grim in the UK, and I don't think it's much better in the US either, and certainly in, in Western Europe as well. Yeah, yeah, it's. Bleak, I mean, yeah. I mean, there is an. I mean, France. You can say, well, they've nationalised most of their energy, mm. so um, they seem to have uh, yeah. been able to shield their population from a lot of these rising costs. But yeah, don't they own some water companies in England? I think they used to. Yeah, and pa- power companies. Power, yeah, yeah, yeah power companies. Power, yeah, right. yeah. Eon is yeah. it? Eon. EDF. EDF. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, before yeah. we go down the horrible rabbit hole that is. Politics yeah. in 2020. Yeah. Let's. Um, I think we should sign off, Mark. Is there anything you yeah, want to say? So. Before, I think so. before I go off on a rant or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's probably too late for that. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll put the links in the show notes uh, for your book. Um, how long's the podcast off? Do you think? I'm not going to hold you to this, but no. I've, uh, yeah, I'm, we're we're just finishing off some artwork. Um, I've got some really good ideas for some like simple eye catching artwork um so soon probably about a week 10 days oh, nice. wow. I've, I've actually got um i've met some amazing people it's, it's just like we were saying earlier opportunities just crop up it's like if you if you put it out there whatever it is you want you put it out there it will come to you i do believe that it will come to you and i've had i i met a I re-met, re-met a guy that I hadn't seen for a long time, um, a, prof- a retired professor. and But he's the most down-to-earth guy. He loves all this ufology stuff. And he was rereading all the um, UFO, classic UFO literature from the 70s. Wow. And I got chatting to him, and I said, well, would you like to come on and just chat about this stuff? Because he, he has a a really out there sort of look at things sort of beyond what most people think about. Um, we never did speak about the conference either, did we? we well, that. time yeah. is a finite resource, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It, it is. It we is. can only do so much. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll, have okay. to, you'll have to let us know when the first episode drops so we can... Uh, yeah, yeah. We can download it and let people know because I'm looking forward to it. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, uh, and yeah, as I say, I've got some great guests lined up, some great topics. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, there you are. Mm. There you are, eavesdroppers. Okay. Keep your eyes eyes peeled, and we shall inform you when uh, Cookie Land comes out, when it drops, as the kids say. <laughs> That's right. Cookie Land's dropping in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right. Well, it's been nice to see you again, Mark. Um, it's been good talking to you. Yeah, I've, I've drunk... Uh, it's so hot here. I've drunk at least three Doom bars, in your honour, since oh, we started. Very cool. Yeah, lovely. My, my favourite Cornish. I haven't had one of those for a long time. Oh, so, I'll, I'll have to send you some. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly Sam Adams over here. Oh, right, that, that yeah, dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> well, Mark, stay on the line for two seconds while we play ourselves okay. out. And we'll okay. catch you guys on the flip side for part two. All right. See you later. See ya. Cheers. And we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. <laughs> As I chat with Mark Anthony Wyatt, I that one. Yeah, pleasure yeah. as always. Yeah, that's good. Wandering Wyatt. 
Uh, same goes for the books, man. If you like uh, 14 subjects, it's worth, uh, worth, they're worth picking up. You can get them off Amazon. Link in the show notes for them. Shiny. Yeah, the Spirit of Cornwall, mm. Volume 1 and 2. That's good. Mm. And I uh, look forward to the podcast coming out imminently. Mm. Yeah. A week to 10 days, I believe. So yeah. I know we said we wouldn't hold him to that. But no, but we'll let you know. I am going to. We'll let you know because uh, that's what we do. Yeah. Spread the word. Do you want to do some, uh, some headlines? Do I? Good, because I've got some. Lines of the week. University investigates PhD students, PhD students' paper on masturbating to comics of young boys. That's from Manchester. I think we'll skip that one. <laughs> this, I've got five, so we're going to have to we have to march through them. Okay. Because it's uh, what time is it? It's nearly ten o'clock. It's ten o'clock. Uh, Pied and Prejudice, vegans spark fury for demanding a roundabout called Port Pie Island to be renamed. <laughs> Surely it's named after the hat. It's not. Oh, it's named after the pie. Is it, it not in Melton Mowbray, is it? It's named after a building that's oh. shaped like a port pie. Oh, right. Uh, do you want to have a guess at what they want to rename it? Hummus Valley Island. <laughs> Vegan Port Pie Island. Oh, what? Oh, don't be daft. Yeah, that's silly. Elizabeth I may have been non-binary, experts claim. Well, well I've seen Blackadder. No, do they? What does it matter? <laughs> I mean, I mean, how can you be postmodern in the 16th century? Well, because you have to rewrite history somehow. We have to look at. We have to look at all this stuff through the current lens. What goes around comes around. Tomboy. No. <laughs> she was a fucking queen. I don't know where they're getting this from, but I don't really care because it's obviously nonsense, isn't yeah, it? Dig her up and ask her. Them. Maybe if we tune into the the yeah. Matrix. Yeah. Get some get, flow. Get fourth dimension out. Man woke up to go for a pee to find he was in a coffin and had been sacrificed. Fuck me, I hate it when that happens. What a night out. This is uh, South America. Mm-hmm. Yep, a terrified festival goer says he was being offered as a human sacrifice to Mother Earth after he woke up trapped in a coffin following a drinking binge. Whoa. Terrified Victor Hugo Mika Alvarez, 30, smashed out of the casket in Achacachi about 50 miles from where he passed out in the city of El Alto, Bolivia. Um, He'd been drinking heavily the night before at the opening of the Mother Earth Festival where indigenous people offer everything from live animals and sheep fetuses to sweets and coca leaves for the goddess who they believe opens her mouth for offerings in August. I'm getting getting Wicker Man vibes, man. Yeah. Mm. Big time. Obviously, in the Nicolas Cage would come on. Oh, no, no. No! No, no. Is it a must-see? Oh, my God! I don't know. I think I might have, actually. I think I might have. Yeah, you you know you wouldn't. I get put it on the list. Yeah. you got to see it. Oh, no! Not the bees! (laughs) Not the bees! Just go around punching women and stuff. 
Uh, you haven't seen it, have you? You haven't seen it. I like Prey. Okay. Uh, I've seen National Treasure. Does that help? <laughs> <laughs> that was okay. That was all right. Uh, he told local media while covered in mud and concrete after he after his apparent escape. Last night was the pre-entry of the festival. We went to dancing. I don't know why I'm Dutch. And afterwards, <laughs> I don't remember. The only thing I remember is that I thought I, I was in bed. Troopers! <laughs> I, I wanted to get up to go to Unite, and that bastard bison was getting in my way. <laughs> M. Bison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a uh, reference to last week's podcast, Ben. Yeah, Callback. Oh, yeah. Callback. Good. When I pushed the coffin, I was able to break the glass that it had, and uh, that way I was able to get out. When I pushed the coffin, I barely broke the glass. And through the glass, dirt began to enter. It's like he's been buried alive. Wow. In a glass coffin. They wanted to use me as a Sulu. Mm. A Sulu. Mm. Lieutenant Sulu. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) When Victor reported his burial to police, they refused to believe him, saying he was too drunk to know why he ended up buried alive. He added, We've gone dancing, and I don't remember anymore. I have broken the glass, my whole hand has been hurt, I have barely gone out, but I went to get the police, they told me I am drunk. You're going to come healthy, they told me. The term Sulu, (laughs) oh my, (laughs) refers to any offerings commonly made to give back to Mother Earth or Pachamama. Pachamama. Throughout August in Bolivia. Pachamama. Pachamama. While they often take the form of colourful sweets, desiccated llamas, medicinal plants, eggs, minerals, some warm human sacrifices are still... Some worn, not warm. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) hell. Some worn human sacrifices are still carried out. Travel writers have said the otherworldly is every day in Bolivia. This year's Pachamama took place on August the 1st, with one ritual involving indigenous people gathering at dawn for a ceremony with fires and offerings. On the day of Mother Earth, followers go to the highest elevations, the high places, as they say in the Bible. The highest elevations they can to burn wood stacks with animal fat, coloured paper and sweets to thank the goddess. The faithful believe Mother Earth is exhausted after providing for humanity. Oh, that's nice. Pachamama. Mama. Human sacrifice is like... Uh, could soon come back, you know. It's not that long since it... Well, like 1500s, was it, in South America when the conquistadors... Went over. Well, if yeah. it brings the rain. Yeah. <laughs> the rain stink. Shake it. I played the world's first Jesus Christ simulator and I have questions. I I have questions. Well, my question my first question is, I bet there's been a previous Jesus Christ simulator in DOS on like a <laughs> an old computer. So we've got a fact check. Is this the world's first Jesus Christ simulator or the second? I, I, I I think there may have been multiple previous. All right. Uh, do you have the answer, or are you going to check it? Well, I'm just going off the headline, because that would be true, if it's in the news. <laughs> it would be accurate. <laughs> have you any any evidence to suggest that there is a previous Jesus Christ simulator? I, I don't, but oh. there, there'll be... Yeah, there will be one. I'd, I'd stake my... Stuff on it. <laughs> Your crucifix. 
Yeah. There we go. In the past few weeks, I've had the pleasure of playing a demo version of the biblically inspired title, I Am Jesus Christ, soon to be released by developers Simula M and Playway. The premise of the video, video game is to recap Jesus' actual life events spanning the time just before his baptism to his crucifixion and eventual resurrection. We've got one. Populous. Mm. Populous on the Amiga. God Simulator. It's like SimCity, but... Uh, right, well, I would say that's overhead, whereas this is first person. FPS. It's FPS. Okay. You actually, you are playing the role of Jesus, whereas Populous is a helicopter view. No? It that's is. Civilization. It is. All right, all right, yeah. It may be the first FPS Jesus sim. Yep. Uh, Maxim Vysorchansky. CEO of Simula M said the initial inspiration for the game goes way back. Maxim, he must be Russian, no? Maxim Vizochansky. Basically, over 20 years ago, I was so inspired. I'm going Dutch again. <laughs> so inspired by computer animated movies like Strick and Toy Story that I thought it would be great to make such a movie about Jesus Christ, he said. Over time, the idea began to take the shape of a video game. The project was later greenlit by the publisher, Playway. The demo version, demo version I played was about two hours long and still in, its, still in its preliminary stages, or at least I hope so. However, it clearly shows that what Simula M is trying to do, a series of gamified scenes that adapt episodes of the life of Jesus to the video game format, linked together by visual representations of passages from the Gospels for context. As far as the graphics go, the game is anything but subtle. In its title screen, the eye is represented by an image of none other than JC himself levitating in the air. <laughs> his arms outstretched, ready for his ascension into heaven. That said, the game is fairly serious in its depictions of Jesus' life. It even includes references to the biblical verse corresponding to each incident. Wow, so you get like a little reference. You can read the uh, the gospel. <clears throat> I always think about the, the rubbing dirt and spit together and wiping it in the man's eyes and curing him of his blindness. I mean, have we even tried that in the modern age? Exactly. <laughs> exactly not. There's all kinds the of way. Uh, antibacterial substances in and soil. And saliva. And, so, and saliva, yeah. And soil. So you've, got, you've made a super antibac. Maybe it's just really gritty and it rubbed his, his cataracts. <laughs> his ass. Come here. It's like eye surgery. Yeah. Mm. Rudimentary. <coughs> Please continue. <laughs> the game is fairly serious in its depictions of Jesus' life. Uh, unfortunately for the developers, though, it also has ridiculously high meme potential. <laughs> we already had that problem with our trailers, but somebody needs to make such a game, he replied. Vizochansky, when I asked him whether he was worried about what the internet would do with his work... Well, that's what he said. <laughs> someone, someone has to make such a game. The game begins with the search for John the Baptist. Search for him. It's that wild man! <laughs> That wild in man river. in the in river, yeah, he looks like a, he's an ascetic. He's wearing like a leopard skin, well, not leopard skin, uh, sack sackcloth, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Sacking famous. This ascetic. is not the outfit of a Baptist. No, he would wear sackcloth. 
Ah. As Jesus, I had to ask my fellow villagers where he was and then make my way to him without starving. <laughs> without. Could he not just make, like, fish and bread? That mostly meant picking fruits from the bushes along the way to keep my health bar full. Ooh. <laughs> My impression of this first level was that it was a bit of a hodgepodge, but the situation quickly escalated. In the next level, I, Jesus, had to fast in the desert while surrounded by oh. angels, training me to fight. Ooh. Quite a bit of a departure from the source material, certainly no turning the other cheek in this one. With the press of a button, I can instead gather the energy balls thrown at me by Satan and, ba <laughs> and bounce them back. With a magma-filled crater as a backdrop, a natural feature obviously very common in Palestinian deserts. Every now and again, I had to stop and pray to recharge my Holy Spirit. Isn't there oh, a burning man. hole in the Middle East somewhere? Because of an oil fire. It's something like that, isn't it's it? Or gas sand somewhere. It's or just some kind of for... yeah, like some kind of gas thing blew yeah. up. This is a natural formation or a man-made. I think it. Well, the gas is obviously natural, or the oil, but. Um, I believe it like blew up or something. Burning for decades. Yeah. <sighs> Not bothered. <coughs> Hello. Just wants to know about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Every now and again, I had to stop and pray to recharge my Holy Spirit, consumed by the use of my powers. I'm no theology expert, but I don't recall Jesus ever running into the issue of a possible Holy Spirit depletion. Especially since I'm pretty sure the Bible says they're supposed to be inextricably linked together as one God. Uh, Whoa, Nicene Creed blown apart. <laughs> Where's Athanasius when you need him, man? They're the same thing, man. What is he saying? <laughs> These are made of words. <laughs> what someone should do is a Jesus skin for Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Four That'd be a much better game. Four four four, four, four. <laughs> There's probably already a Jesus skin, right? Mm, that kind of thing he's stabbed in the neck. Jesus. Yeah, well, it's a touchy subject. Mm. A good one uh, <laughs> might be <laughs> if you were Jesus in the modern age and you've come back and you have to convince people that you're not mental. And you end up in a sight ward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I immediately. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no wind to that. I had that conversation with a Mormon once. Have I told you? I've told you this story, haven't I? I think. He walked with me for about 15 minutes whilst he was trying to talk to me. And he said something along the line. He said, well, what do you think you would do if Jesus came back today? I said, well, probably... Open your legs wider! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd say. I thought I'd say he'd just be in a hospital, wouldn't he? A yeah. mental hospital. And he went... Oh. oh shit, threw his badge on the <laughs> yeah. floor and wandered off in a different yeah. direction. Yeah, basically, yeah. Fuck, he broke him, man. Yeah, did you leave him with... Uh, I am going to aim for the prostate in the men. <sighs> yeah, man. Yeah. After defeating Satan a la Dragon Ball, Jesus begins his preaching and his journey to Jerusalem. Apparently, that also included destroying evil crystals placed by Satan in several Palestinian cities. Sonic there, Jack. Mario. Look at my pants, man. I'm wearing them. Look at the Mario yeah, pants on. See the big Boom. sweat stains. Uh, not around the crotch, you'll find. No, just in the crack. As everyone shaved the balls for the heat. Uh, no, you do the other way around. You want the hair to uh, absorb the heat. Increase the surface area. Yeah. That's not how insulation works. Yeah, it does. It's that pubes right there. It's not. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want to be hairy when it's hot. 
well, what look at your face? Man. Yeah. Yeah, but I can, you know, this isn't the hottest part of my body. The, the nether regions is where the heat, the filth, the corruption <laughs> resides. Probably if you shaved your balls in preparation for a heat wave. Yeah, that's, that's pretty weird. I thought that was like the sensible thing to do, sorry. No. It's no. definitely helped. No. It can't hurt. It could if you got it wrong. If you slipped with the blade. Oh, yes. I, I did use a guard because I've done that before. I've had that mistake happen before. Oh, it's not like the last turkey in the butcher's shop. Nips the skin. No, I used a guard, so I have some hair. I have like, like three mil. Oh, three mil of hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five o'clock shadow. Basically, on my balls. <laughs> oh, you're not selling it to me. Like a permanent Al Pacino. Are we going to finish this Satan thing or what? No. Jesus thing. So I'll sack it off then. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Uh, We're going to skip the energy crisis. Wow, okay. (laughs) Balls out. (laughs) Shaved balls out. Uh, I've got two clips and like the the long. Okay. Martin Lewis. Martin Lewis is the energy saving expert. Oh, yeah. Money Money saving. What did I say? Energy saving. The Holy Spirit saving expert. He's got that URL bought already. Energysavingexpert.com. He's banging the drum for, not for, banging the drum warning for uh, civil unrest, isn't he? Yeah, he's late late to the fucking party. No, no, no. He started the don't pay your bills thing. No, he didn't start it. Right, no, okay. He wouldn't say that. No, he wouldn't say he did. No. Uh, the um, you know they're reducing the um, how often the cap is altered. Yeah, they're dropping it to every six months. All right. Rather than annually, so it's going to go. With the All price right, caps. I thought it was always six. Months. I thought it was every three months they were dropping it to because it's going up again in January. Sorry, from six to three. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So it went up in was it August and then October. And uh, then, yeah, July, October. The next January. one is October. And then, you know, to, so that they, the energy companies can pass on the savings to us quicker. Yes. They're going to uh, reduce the time frame so that the energy cap changes every three months. So in January, they're predicting somewhere between 4,400 and 5,000 pounds. Okay, now. So to put that in context, if you're, uh, it depends what band you're in, if you're a higher rate taxpayer, that's the last 11 grand of your salary to pay for your uh, energy bill. If you're a, a um, what do they call it, the 20%, uh, 20% rate base taxpayer, I think it's seven and a half grand. The last seven and a half grand of your salary is paying for your gas and light rate come January. And I think there, there will be kickoffs. I think we have a real risk of civil unrest because. Some of us might be able to sort that up, mm. but the vast majority are going to say, "Fuck you! We're, we're going to trash. We're going to start trashing stuff until you fix this, you fucking clowns." Mm. When did we last have riots? Two thousand eleven, I think. It yeah, was. it was, wasn't it? What was that? About? Yeah, some guy got killed. Is that to do with that? Yeah, apparently that's what triggered it. Right. Mark so, Duggan. Yeah, that rings spread. a bell. Mm. Yeah. Right. So we'll gloss over the uh, energy thing. It's a big subject and... <sighs> it's, uh, it's for adults. It's cliff notes. Owen Jones was on the right stuff. Owen Jones is literally communist. He's in the same camp as Ash Sharkar. Oh, is he the um, oh, Guardian okay. columnist? 
columnist. Oh, yes, he gets yeah. a lot of ink. A lot of ink in The Guardian. Uh, and he was uh, calling for People. public ownership. Right. As a, as a true Corvinista. And he, he raised a good point that the French, mm. um, their energy bills are going up 4% because the government can pressure them to... The energy companies to do that. The EDF assuming thing is, the we're, we're subsidising the French. That's yeah. the thing. This isn't satellited. Because the, the French government owns a lot of our energy, our high prices are subsidising the mm. French government to lower their prices. So, yeah. you know, if every, you know, it's complicated, it's messy. I'm the son of the Pope. I don't have all the answers. I don't have any of the answers. No. That's uh, a truth. Do we, do we have anything of our own? <laughs> yeah, gas. Loads of gas, but you can't use gas because of climate change. Uh, I'll have yeah. to tweak that a bit. Oh, my. Well, this is another thing I had, I was going to put in tonight, but we just don't have the time. The World Economic Forum's latest report on uh, the transition for the Great Reset and how it will affect uh, carbon usage over the next 10 years and they're mad they're absolutely mad they are going to economically it's economic suicide what they have planned coming I don't know I don't understand how this is going to work in a good way it's mental if you just take agriculture mm. none gone steel mm. these things can't be made mm. like carbon neutral no no yeah but it just means being reliant on a, another country though doesn't it basically well yeah, but that doesn't it, work is it not going to go it's just going to cost more well obviously it's going to cost more they, they were talking about how we can make it advantageous what is the amount of tax we need to put on carbon to make the green stuff which is ridiculously expensive <laughs> cheaper oh my god just i'll put a link in the discord for the report you can download the pdf it's interesting reading what these cunts have got planned over the next 10 years it's not good man it really isn't uh I don't care. I like bugs. I don't mind eating bugs. I love I love bugs for, for breakfast, dinner and tea. It's fine. I'll just grin and bear it. As long as it looks like a burger, like I've said. What is great is that these fuckers who write this stuff, they will have the beef. <laughs> they will have the beef. Of course they will. Of course they will. It's just... Um, it's the failure of globalisation. Central planning doesn't work. Look at the 20th century... Look at Mao's great leap forward or Stalin's five-year plans. It doesn't work. It never fucking works. The only thing these regimes are really good at is efficiency at killing people who disagree with them. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yay. <laughs> Housekeeping. A bit slower. Housekeeping. a value for value podcast if you find this podcast valuable please consider returning some value there's a myriad of ways of doing this and my favourite way as ever and the most important way to me personally is word of mouth telling people spreading the word increasing our reach send people links Spotify links YouTube links subscribe to the YouTube 
all that stuff help us grow mm. oh anyone else any housekeeping to do Ben you mean with how people can help us grow by buying things from the Amish loot chest that's a nice that's way a to become one. a producer isn't it yeah yeah join the discord um, there's lots of things you can do in the discord you can send us news articles if you want to send us a video or audio um, timestamp it for us please um, if it's like mega long like an hour like, video if it's, it's like, a mega if it's a mega one if it's like a five minute video we, we all watch them don't we yeah and pull out yeah. the the cream you can request a birthday shout out um, you can uh, send in jingle requests you can send corrections and addendums guest suggestions yeah oh that's a good one yeah, there's a thread there in the Discord. If uh, if you hear someone on another podcast or maybe you follow the blog or you subscribe to the YouTube channel and you think that they wouldn't sort of fit in with the themes that we talk about and you think they could be a good guest for us, let us know because we only have three pairs of eyes and ears to monitor what's going on in the uh, cultural media landscape. Yeah. It's like, um, you remember Super Mario, Mario Build Reps? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's uh, going to be appearing on Grime America very soon. Yeah. Simon Shack and Patrick Holmquist were on there last week. Yeah, nice. The Tychos model. Yeah. That fascinating geometric model of the solar system. Yeah. Did they incorporate a binary system? Some kind of. Yeah, a binary with Mars, the yeah. sun and Mars. It's, it's mad. And it works, like, with the observations. It's, I don't understand it. I don't <laughs> pretend to. And uh, there's a new addition to Simon's book, um, which incorporates Halley's Comet and how wow. that works in the Tychos system. Which is supposed to be like, I'm mind blown. Cool. So yeah, give give us guest suggestions. We're yeah. we we have open ears and we implement them as, whenever we can. Yeah, leave us a review and then I can read that out for you. Um, Focus Chi requests, obviously. What's up? What's all that about? Um, well, you know, if your chi is depleted, or if you've got something coming up that you you know you might need some extra chi for. Um, put in a chi request and we will focus that chi and I will do it for your prostate if you're a man well, if you're a man you're laying for the prostate in the men in the men do I have to open my legs wider wide as possible right mm-hmm. oh that is focused <laughs> yeah um, and I think there's only really one other way that you can become a, a producer and what's that been cold hard Cash tossed Toss our way. A coin to your witcher, Absolutely. Do it for the lads. The lads. 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 Oh, because oh, we're northern and we're bloody miserable and the weather's fucking shit. If you go to the armistinchristian.com, there's a PayPal button there, a link, and you can uh, click that, sign up for a one-off uh, donation or a monthly recurring sustaining donation and donations at the level of £50 or over will grant you the rank the class, the social cachet, the degree of an executive producer for that episode of the Armist Inquisition, which uh, looks great on your LinkedIn, on your, uh, what else do you do? LinkedIn uh, curriculum vitae? Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. All you fuckers out there can save. Block land. No. <laughs> <laughs> save. Block That's and uh, keep the shit show going, which probably, I should say, um, I'm probably going to have to buy a new laptop because <laughs> oh. my laptop died. 
yesterday. Oh, very sad. And uh, that's a big problem for me because uh, 90% of the stuff I do for the podcast is on the laptop. So it's like even just printing this out, this computer isn't linked to the printer and the printer's a bit jiggered anyway. So I was in and out and in and out from here to the house, here to the house, just trying to get the fucking printer to work this afternoon. It took an hour. I need a big cable. Sorry? Another printer or a big cable? A cable from? The big computer to the printer. Through, what, just knock all in back door? Yeah. I'll <laughs> just get another printer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I need a new printer a and new a new printer. laptop, ideally, laptop. yeah. So give, me some, give us some donations, please. It'd be greatly appreciated. Or a printer. Toss us a printer. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard good things about Epson. 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 <laughs> the salts. <laughs> and the races. Epson printers. Have you not heard of good things about Epson? Hey, I've had HP, man. Yeah, turds, aren't they? Dogs. HP? Yeah. I've heard good things about Epson. Apparently, I was talking to a rep before, a the, pan- <laughs> before the pandemic. Apparently, you can buy the individual inks for an Epson and refill them. And it's far cheaper, like 10 times cheaper to have an Epson printer than anything else. How much are we getting paid for each mention of the word Epson in this podcast? Zero! <laughs> <laughs> And funnily enough, my dad's just got one. He's just got an Epsom about a month ago. You should get an Ollie Betty. No, he's a tight fucker. You know, if you can save a tenner on ink every six months, he'll, he will. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the way to go. Get a thermal printer. You don't have to use any ink. What's that? How's so that way? It prints onto till rolls. Till rolls? You know, like a till roll. Something that you put cash in. A till has a roll of paper that you get a receipt off. That is thermally printed on. There's no ink involved. Right. True story. Are, are there any some like consumer options in Yeah, there printing? are. Yeah, the problem is you'd have to print out on a really long thin strip. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, uh, you know what we forgot to do. Uh, what a producer can do is send us submissions for show artwork. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, got one for the. Oh yeah, I uh, did one this week. Well, actually, I did two because the first one was on the laptop, which died, so I had to do it again. There's my artwork for episode two hundred forty-three. Is that the same guy? No. <laughs> Who's the guy on the right, by the way? Charles Fort. Oh, the fourteen guy. Ooh. And the guy in the middle? No. <laughs> uh, I believe on the left is, and I can't remember now, it's the uh, the Merry Maid, is that right? The, mer- the Is that a mermaid? The Merry Maid? I'm reading from the book The Spirits of Cornwall, A Haunted Legacy, Volume 2 by Mark Anthony White. She's a modern-day mermaid. A modern-day mermaid? How do you know she's modern? So I got a picture off Insta. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Oh, okay. It's a cosplayer. Uh, yeah, that, these were like wedding snaps. Oh, I could show the originals, but not on the live stream. I no, guess for no. copyright reasons. Yeah, we'll save that for later. Maybe I'll post them in the Discord. Yeah, that's good. I like the font. I Extra. like the Cornwall. I like the mappage. Yeah, it's all fine. It's all there, isn't it? It's not bad. Yeah. 
In a, in a hurry. Pork Pie Island. Oh, my God. We were meant to do the guy with synesthesia last week. Mm. And we ran out of time. I said we'd do it this week. Give the and people what they want. It's half past ten. It's time to go. Really, is it? How long have we been going for part two? Oh, that won't tell me. Half, half an, an hour. hour. 33 I've minutes. I've only done half an hour. Shit. All right, then. It's so hot. It yeah. is. I'm, I'm fading. Let's do um, the story of Henry Gray. Henry Gray, 23, was diagnosed with lexical gustatory synesthesia. <laughs> Right. And this, uh, I read this story and it reminds me of that book you lent me, The Man Who Thought His Wife Was a Hat. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Classic. Same sort of, is that synesthesia? I think there was cases of synesthesia in, in that, wasn't there? We're, I can't re- remember the exact things. There's a lot of asphasia in that. Is that senses, getting senses mixed up? Yeah, or the, my favourite one was the, the woman who had an inf- infection in in her nervous system, so a proprioception, uh, which is sometimes considered to be your sixth sense. So you... Where your limb is, so when you, you know, don't know it. Yeah, when you can't... We're can't not looking it. at it, but you know where it is. So she just felt like a floating head. Wow! Yes, oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, that book. <coughs> and it's an old book as well. Was it written in the 40s or the 50s? No, 50s in something? the 80s. The guy... Oh, 80s. What's his name who wrote it, for fuck's sake? Charles Fort. No. No, it was um, Doctor... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Someone. But his, his story's very interesting in and of itself. And he's had... Um, he's had a... He died recently and there's a, there's a documentary came out about him. Oh, shit! But, yeah, true. Yeah. All true. What's his name? Uh, it never well why won't this move it's because it's so hot in here so let's move on to the story of Henry Gray 23 years old he was diagnosed with lexical gustatory synesthesia and I've got a couple of uh, sort of background clips here talking to him I'm Henry Gray I'm 23 from Newcastle currently a bar worker uh, and I've got a condition called you look puzzled already he doesn't sound like he's from Newcastle <laughs> alright I'm Henry Gray I'm 23 I'm from Newcastle and I've got lexical gustatory synesthesia <laughs> there called lexical gustatory synesthesia which is basically where I experience senses through other senses and what I get is that I can, with sound, I can taste, smell, feel, or kind of see sounds, particularly words, particularly names. <laughs> right, two things. Mm. One, I've just remembered that there's a Newcastle near Keel, sort of in the middle of the country. That uh. might be where it's from. And the other thing is, is this a, one of those things that you can say you have, but it can't be proved with with any sort of science? Uh, no, I think it's um, you might be able to some sort of hard um, evidence-based. I imagine on an MRI, his brain would light up differently. So it's a correlation. Oh, okay. So you know, this is a thing with if uh, we can't measure it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. So with like this kind of stuff, and MRIs in particular, it's like neophrenology. Oh, what's, that, what's that mean? So it's a correlation. Neophrenology. We've got a phrenology head. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. So you know, you're not actually saying. No, you can't say for sure that you know that part of the brain deals with it, but it lights up when you think about a tennis ball or something. Right. So there's a correlation, mm. but that doesn't equate to no. causation. And it doesn't say what's happening, does it? Either. You know, there's an no. electrical impulse. Yeah. So. 
Well, it is. Is the difference between ox- unoxygenated and oxygenated blood? That's how it and the and a magnetic difference between it. That's what the scan picks up. Yeah, which is kind of uh, primitive. Yeah, yeah. You think about how complicated someone's But he can do it live is. and stuff, yeah, and that's the other thing. So it's just sort of mapping areas of the brain, really. Right, got you. Okay, let's... Do you think his mates, who know that he's got this, just sneak up behind him and shout, arsehole? <laughs> oh, it's, it's names, so like... Mr. Stinky. <laughs> Clarice. Steve's arsehole. Clarice. <laughs> Clarice. Yeah, it's names. He said in the in the first clip, it's words, but it's main names give like the most, um, the biggest reaction for, in his taste profile. Or his right. What does he get for Klaus Schwab? Well, I don't think he's on my list. But let's uh, let's hear clip two. And my own name, Henry, has always been a kind of. I imagine it being white bread, no crusts kind of soft um, sort of something like cheese and lettuce inside of it and it's wrapped in cling film and it's slightly squashed in a lunchbox oh speaks volumes I mean, that's very detailed speci- isn't it yeah. very specific it's not a ham sandwich it's a sandwich on white bread with the crust cut off wrapped in cling film slightly oh, squashed in a lunchbox that's insanely specific mm-hmm my favourite male names are, first of all, Bailey. I love Bailey. It's like, it tastes like warm milk. I love Niall, because Niall, it's like when you go to like a JD shop, you get like a fresh tennis ball and you just sniff it. Like, Niall smells like a fresh tennis ball. Yeah. Do you, wow. not, do you not get that? When Niall Rogers licks <laughs> out some tunes. Fresh tennis balls. <laughs> Taste. <laughs> these smell like fresh tennis balls. Yeah. You're laughing. I think I've decoded some of these. I know you said last I week. I'm waiting to hear your crazy theory. Mitchell's really nice. It's like stringy, stretchy tuna cheesy pasta, but specifically the shell pasta. Like Francesca It's like silky, smooth, kind of chocolatey iced frappuccino, but it's like filling every crevice of my mouth, especially like here. Kirsty's horrible. It smells like a faint sort of urine smell. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsty. Oh, you smelly urine. That one I don't have a theory on, but yeah, you smell like faint urine. Mm, you smell like <laughs> faint urine in those pajama <laughs> bottoms. Yeah, yeah. Boris Johnson is kind of like slowly squishing a beetle with my foot and then like, like squishing it with my foot and then mushing it around. Donald Trump is like again squishing something squishing like an inflatable rubber duck and it kind of def- it kind of deflates as you just squish it so it does affect who i kind of surround myself with i guess i mean i wonder if you said to him applehood and mother pie mm. and then what he would make of applehood and mother pie huh. i think i've cracked some of these and um my working theory is that we are all capable of this, this yeah. type of interpretation, but he's got some sort of wonky filter that's broken. Yeah. So he's exposed to these things. We, we know, what, we, what do we use, 10%, 5% of, of our brain? Our yeah, this is, this is what it generally is. It's like an executive function issue. Yeah, in software filter. terms. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, this is, is this not hardware? The brain? Firmware. Firmware. Wetware. Wetware. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but yeah, that's uh, the software thing is a good analogy. It's software, hardware, it's all these things combined. And yeah, that's my theory is that we are we can all do this. Mm. And that's why I can I think I can see some logic in his descriptions. Right? Because maybe I don't know. Um, the now I have to say we've got we've got boys we've got girls' names, boys' names, and celebrity names. The boy and girl names are all just Christian names. Right. So it's harder to decode because they're less specific. You can meet a Francesca in your life. But if you meet um, a celebrity, there's, there is more uh, psychological baggage in the background, in your subconscious, when yeah. dealing with a celebrity name rather than just a Christian name. Mm-hmm. But like, like Francesca, silky warm cho- chocolate cappuccino. Well, it's Italian, isn't it? It's an Italian name. Francesca. Francesca. Safa. Same thing. Um, the next one is the best. Alice. Alice. Sliced apples. Any idea? Alice Cooper. No. Is it something to do with slice? In Wonderland. Alice. <laughs> Go on then. Uh, what do you learn at school? A is for apple. 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 Uh, look at. Abby what? is for orange. Whoa, 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 we haven't done, we haven't done Alice yet. Slice. A is for, a, look at Alice. Slice. A, a is for Alice, look at slice. Look at the three yeah. middle Apple letters. Slice. Mm. Yeah. Am I talking smack or is that what he's picking up? Mm, possibly. It's, it's, it's bang on, I think. Uh, this, Abby is, is, is uh, very troubling, vague. Oh, the only thing I picked up on is the, the, the bubba. B. The bubba. Yeah. The double B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bubba. Yeah, not orange bubble gum, but orange hubba bubba. I don't think they did an orange flavour hubba bubba, incidentally. Haley, soft, faint music. I really. I mean, it's breathy, isn't it? Haley. Yeah. See, we're on to something, aren't we? I like it. Let's move on. Top male names Mitchell. Oh, I didn't get this one. Stretchy, cheesy shell pasta. Sh- stretch. Mitch- I mean, yeah. shell and shell. Shell. This Mitchell. is like a thing that is called, it's called yeah. priming. Stretch. This. Who's priming who? So the name primes you. So, you know, the kind of the idea is, is if you're primed by something. So, um, you know, like. <laughs> We were talking, somebody was in the chat before saying corn, corn, corn over and over again. <laughs> yes. And then outside, I said something and it was corn, uh, you know, related basically. Um, because I'd heard that already. But there was an also, there's another word that was in my mind to say, but I chose that one because it felt <sighs> more it's mem- there. M- MK Ultra shit. So the idea is, is basically, yeah, that, you know, <clears throat> certain things are primed and then you're executive function your consciousness or whatever you want to call it says no we need to use this and focusing on that basically um but his will be a bit fucked well he doesn't have control that, yeah he, he experiences things yeah, right. when he hears it exactly so that means that his mm. executive function is not but to most people looking at this it's nonsense I but i think there is something in it in his description yeah. there is some logic there theo mouth theo yeah mouth yeah, I'd have that. Look at Martin. Martin Smarties. It's yeah. practically an anagram. Bailey. It's, it's a milky, milky drink. It's there. It is, isn't it? It gets even better. These are, these are the hard ones, the Christian names, because each person, if you say your best mate at school was someone called Theo, 
mm-hmm. that is going to imprint differently <clears throat> on you yeah. than me. But when you take a celebrity, someone who's in the public eye, then celebrity. we have a we have more of a hive mind. Yes. It's informed by the media, the news reports that we we read. So that mm-hmm. changes the this, this, this situation. Worst female names. I've struggled with these. So Kirsty, faint urine smell. I don't know. Mm. Don't get that. Other than uh, the only thing I think of was sty, like pig sky, pig sty, Kirsty sty. I don't, uh, that's very tenuous and. Yeah, you, you got that one wrong. Whatever your name is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mary, a pile of unwashed pink bed sheets, faintly smelling of damp. Uh, no, these ones are all wrong. Airy, air, like airy Get cupboard, Mary, Mary in cupboard. Gertrude. <laughs> It's like that, I suppose, maybe. Gertrude. Maybe. No, you're not having that? I, I struggle I, I, I struggle with these worst female, female yeah. names. The only connection I got was Daisy Sickly Sweet Butter. I just thought of Daisy a cow yeah. producing yeah. butter. Kate falling over on ice, so skate. Yeah. yeah. Ice rink. Yeah, could be. Mm. It's very... It's dry ice. Like falling over oh, on an ice rink and sca- scraping your skin on dry ice. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't mean dry ice. I like Danica is my favourite. Read Danica. Danica. Yeah. Ooh, Sharp yeah. segments of ready salted crisp lodged in my throat. Oh, ah, I can, you can feel that, can't you? Danica. But I think it is <laughs> so specific. I, I don't know. I have a, 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 a sort of a sense of how these names feel when you talk them. And Danica, yeah. it's kind of... Sharp. jagged, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, same with Natalie. Broken wooden splinters in my mouth. Natalie. <laughs> it's the way the consonants are arranged. Yeah. Vicky biting into shattered glass. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's weird. Yeah. Maybe we should get him. Yeah. What's... Yeah. Might what? only able to do half an hour. Worst male names. Harrison, an itch on my body that I can't scratch. It's everywhere and nowhere. I don't even like saying Harrison. Elijah. Uh, I like this one. I'll let you two have a look at that. Elijah, like licking an eyeball. Oh, dear. I. Yeah, Elijah. Uh, Eye eye juice. Eye juice. Mm. So we've got eyeball. Eli, so the I is in yeah. the name, and what's l l l Eli? Uh, it's a licking le- consonant. Elijah. <laughs> it's like licking an eyeball. God, that's the worst thing you've done for weeks. That <laughs> but, lick that L out. I can see where it, I can see where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, you can, can't you? Yep. Teddy beige wash says he covers. Teddy Teddy bears are beige. Yep, that's what I got yeah. straight away. Yeah. Mm. Brace. <laughs> Running okay. my fingers through an old person's greasy thin hair. <laughs> I suppose I could get that as a half wispy hair. I thought you were onto something in the in the <laughs> in the early slides. Mm. Um, you think we've gone we've gone way off the reservation. Oh, I don't know. With Elijah. Rupert. Rupert. Yeah, a bit, a be a bit. Yeah, I mean, we're not expected to decode all of these because we don't have broken filters in our brains. But oh, and, and like Matt says, a lot of this, like you might have known Ian's who were sticky, and you know you might have licked someone's eyeball. He was called Elijah once, and <laughs> probably not. Maybe been, maybe been a toilet seat as well. <laughs> right, celebrity names. 
Right. Well, now this, you're right, this is interesting. So, first one, Boris Johnson squishing a hard shell beetle with a foot, which isn't very nice, right? What does he think of Boris? Does he think of Boris Johnson or because he's 23? I doubt he thinks of Boris Karloff. And well, what would you think Boris of Boris Johnson. Karloff? And is it Boris? Does you just associate Boris with Boris Johnson and whatever political feelings he do you has? Not, do you not, yeah, this is what I, I think here is more that it's, it's a, this is an association with his personal uh, opinions of these people, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? To a degree, yeah. What are you getting from Hard Shell Beetle being squished then for Bojo? That he is... Uh, Hard-shelled beetle. Well, yeah, yeah, Boris Johnson is uh, is not an empathetic character, is he? Right. Okay. So he's a he is a beetle, <laughs> basically, isn't he? He's no humanity in him. Okay. He's uh, one of these guys who, who will do whatever it takes to cling mm. on to what he values. He's a psychopath, no? Do you not think Boris Johnson's not a... Do you not think he's lacking it, it, empathy? He comes across as a psychopath. Yeah, really a like, compulsive liar. How many women has he shagged and got well, pregnant? Affairs, one after the other? Affairs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's a beetle. And he's been squashed. He's been kicked out of the job. So, I mean, that, I can understand where he's got that interpretation from. Yeah. I quite like the Kate Middleton one. Jaggedly cutting cloth with a knife <laughs> in a church. In a church. But you get Wait, what's the big story? The wedding. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's a lot of imagery, isn't there, with like the monarchy and the church, and mm-hmm. not just the wedding, but they're always going to church for occasions, aren't they? Why is there no relation to I- ice? Because oh yeah, that Kate. was his previous one. Mm. Just just Kate, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I I I think it's more specific when you're talking about someone who's world famous, a celebrity. It, it brings a different program. Into the brain. Right. That, that everything you've yeah. taken in through the media, through all your conversations, if you talked about the, the wedding or whatever with your mum, it, it, it influ- every, all of that influences what he is taste profiling, essentially. It's wild. I like Donald Trump. Donald Trump, a rubber duck flattened, letting out air as it deflates. Mm. I just think of that baby Trump blimp. That they had. Oh. <laughs> the pursed lips. Yeah. Before Trump was president, Donald Duck. Donald Duck. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Donald Duck flattened. Trump. <laughs> letting yeah. out air. Flattened. Letting out air. Hot air. Or Trump. Hot gassy air. Mm. As he deflates. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, I think that's nailed on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Diaz, I struggled with. Uh, no, I, I mean, I get. get from that? I mean, there's a famous scene, isn't there? In um, <sighs> fucking hell, what was that stupid thing? It was like a remake of the um, the seventies TV show. It was three Happy Days. No, it was three. They were like Bash. detectives, weren't they? Oh, what were they? Starsky and Hutch. No, the same pages. era. Charlie's. Angels. 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 She's in that, and there's a famous dance scene, and she's dancing on stage. There might not be a disco ball. Oh. <laughs> but that's what's coming to mind. I just think uh, Diaz, uh, that's just his sparkly. sparkly name. Yeah. Sparkly. Sparkly. Yeah. It's got all the scrabble. I don't know who Timothy Chalamet is. Chalamet. Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet is like a millennial's wet dream. 
he's just like the hunk the new hunk basically the new like Robin uh, Patterson yeah or uh, I was going to say <laughs> love it <laughs> What did I say? Robin, <laughs> Robin Williams, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio kind of type. He's in, he's in, he's in Dune. Like a turnip. He's in Dune. Oh, he's, he's the main the guy in Dune. Dune. Um, let's. Um, we need to rattle through these. Harry Styles. Her sticking up like telephone wires. Doesn't he have spiky hair? Oh, did it's have one like point. messy hair. Messy. Yeah. Harry Styles, hairstyles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hairstyles. Philip Schofield, really smoky, famous for smoking B&H in the brink <laughs> yeah. cupboard. Yeah. This, um, not that I'm in love with, with her or anything, but my favourite might be Holly Willoughby. Oh, Holly Wallaby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not Holly Wallaby, Hoppy Wallaby. Hoppy Wallaby, yeah. excellent. A hopping kangaroo was his, uh, was his selection there. So what I want to know is, what, how does he know all these what all these taste like <laughs> these are just the impressions that his brain gives him when he hears these uh, I thought he had gastronomic synesthesia synest- so, or something yeah so he tastes them he, yeah. he feels the taste so you can taste smoke can't you to a certain extent can't you, you taste falling over an ice or hopping yeah. wallabies you can taste ice can't you taste ice I would oh. say it's this priming thing basically those words prime different parts of his brain where that information is stored and then it doesn't get filtered out basically yeah so we are all capable of see i would agree that i would uh, not agree i would agree with that but i would say that we would we have the potential to unlock oh right that okay. well you can say if you think about what a smell you can imagine it like yeah. the inside of a new pencil case is a classic everyone that knows what that <laughs> smell is right <laughs> Yeah? yeah, good one. Yeah. But it's a weird one. Yeah. It's not something it's you smell every day. Specific. Yeah, yeah. Like plasticky. Yeah, I think we have the potential to unlock these abilities. If oh, you want to call it that, let's do it. Mm. Oh well, I don't think you just get it handed to you. I think it's either through probably psychedelics or through study and philosophy and meditation. That's Boring. Sort of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just do like a 20 minute DMT trip. That was sort of Yeah, TLDR. I don't think you have a control over how that works though. Whereas maybe if you do it on your own without the substances, you have more control over the direction it goes. But I don't have, what the fuck do I, I don't know anything. Have you, uh, any, either of you two been to Skiathos? No. 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 Have you not been? You no, where did you go? No, my mum and dad have been. It's famous for having um, an airstrip that is got water at either end, the airport. Uh, was it built up? It's the shortest um, runway, I think, in maybe in the Europe. That big airline has gone. Mm. So it can be a bit hairy. <laughs> it's got water either side and rolls and shit. And um, this guy... I can't remember which airline it is, but I think he may have brought the record this week for the the lowest oh, landing. Oh, right, yes. Listen, it. I, th- I think I didn't think it was real. Oh, it is real, Mom, Yeah, mum and dad have been to this. They said it's mad. It's like there's a strip, right. of, and that's what you have to land on. Oh shit! Oh shit! I've locked it. <laughs> Stand by. Here he comes. <laughs> what a hero! Da, na, 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 na
Maverick. Watch this. This is mental. They're moving out of the way. Surely, if there was, is that like cars on that road? That's what I was thinking. Like, what if someone turns up with an eighteen wheeler? Take the fucking top off it. Is that? Let's get the freeze frame. (laughs) This is the thing. Is it like? Is it a trick of the eye that it looks so low? Or is it literally like ten foot off? You go on YouTube. You can watch a million videos of people landing at Skiathos Airport. All those people on the road with cameras have got their heads taken off. Yeah. Well, the guy on the camera fucking panics if you if you listen to the audio. The other thing as well is if if it was really like (laughs) ten foot above your head, wouldn't the engines like? Blow you over. That's what I I was wondering. Right, okay. I don't know. Maybe the engines are. They're probably not on at that point, are they? Because you're going to be. You want to slow down. You want to slow down. They'll be in retro. No, they turn them on retro when you hit the ground, don't they? I don't know. You don't want to be like the afterburners, man. Come on, Goose. (laughs) S-Man, how can you sex? I'm pretty sure the engines will be running, surely. No, I don't know. Yes, they will. Pilots. Yeah. They're going to pause it at the right moment. Guy on the cannon panics. Yeah. Holy fuck! Ah, mate. He has a little wobble as well just before then. Yeah. Is it whiz air? (laughs) Whiz air. Just cross them off. There they are. Here's these girls here. I mean, you can practically touch the landing gear there. Fuck that. Just jump into the engine. That's what I mean, but surely... That's like I don't know. Anyway, I mean, you can see you can see the wind on his head, can't you? But I, I'm I'm convinced it's real. No, just, just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, just it's just mad. It's yeah. mad. It's mad. It's mad. <laughs> it is mad. You're mad. Certified mad. Okay, it's cuckoo. It's time to go. Let's let's finish on on some Brandon, some Bojardin. Ah. <sighs> So Did you see the clip of him struggling to dress himself this I've week? I have watched any Biden <laughs> clips this week. He had to get some help from Jill. Uh, he was getting off uh, the plane. Was it the plane or the chopper or Air Force One? He didn't fall down the stairs this time. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> With he his, fell uh, up the... St- oh, it was, he's fallen up and down the stairs, <laughs> hasn't he, in his presidency? But, uh, no, I think this was a chopper, and uh, so he has some trouble getting his jacket on. Marine One. Oh, fuck me. Why is he wearing a mask? Oh yeah, the wind. Why did Why did anyone wear a mask? Oh, yeah. It's the question. Why is yeah, he? He has COVID oh, though. Oh yeah, he? yeah. Well, he got it, COVID. Oh, even better. He got the Paxlovid, didn't he? What the hell's that? The Paxlovid, the Pfizer pill for COVID. Monkey Paxlovid. That got FDA approved. Okay. Have we not done Paxlovid? Nah, never heard of it. All right, so you get COVID. He tests positive. Pfizer has the pill. <laughs> Take this, and then. Uh, no, after it started getting rolled out, they started not talking about this this rebound effect. Oh, fuck. So you take the five-day Paxlovid course, and uh, then after that, oh, you start testing positive again. And then you get symptoms again. And they'll say, oh, well, you need to take a 10-day course. Mm-hmm. Albert Bullier, the bullfrog. You need to take it. No one, they, they have no idea what they're no. doing. No idea what they're doing. So, yeah, they stuck him on Paxlovid. That's why he keeps, that's why he's had COVID for fucking a month. Most people oh, get over it in a yeah. week. It's just because he was old. 
and he's going to start ch- chasing his cardigan around <laughs> himself. <clears throat> there used to be someone in the in the first year of high school who couldn't put their coat on like this. Who's that? I'm not going to say. Oh, go uh, on! No. Name names, you no. filthy bitch. No. Mm-hmm. Was it Apple Hood and Mother Pie? No. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. There you go. Right, it's good start. Right, look at it. Look. Oh, no! It's Jill's fault. She distracted him. Just no. going to chase look around. Look at that colourful bird. <laughs> Who's this? It's still, it's still going. Oh, no. I need some help, Jill. Oh, oh, God. I can't see where I'm a mask. wandering around. Oh, those Marines should do something. Oh. oh, look at the face on that guy on the left. It's like, I'm having to stand to attention. This guy's supposed to be the commander-in-chief. He can't put a jacket on. Mm. Probably just thinking about it's still going, it's still going. Oh, it's in the pocket, and now it's like a straight jacket. Oh, oh no, oh. yeah, your lapel's all screwy. So it's over now, right? Right? It's over in it. He's got his jacket on. Let's wait, wait for the sunnies. Oh no! Oh, they're gonna go. 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 There they go. Oh, we missed them. Oh, <laughs> old man, old man. Grimace as he bends over for them. Mm. Hey, I do one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Is that his wife? Doctor yes. Jill. Jill. Yeah. PhD in education. Oh, right. Not a medical nothing doctor. Wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Not a medical doctor though. Yeah. No, when you say doctor, you think medical doctor. Not really. But I work with a lot well, of non medical do. doctors. Doctors of Well That's Chemistry. Yeah. Not medical doctor. Doctor is synom- synonymous with medicine. Isn't it? Mm. When you hear the word doctor, like the synesthesia guy. Yeah. If I call you Dr. White. How dare you? I, Cluedo. <laughs> is that Cluedo? No. That's Colonel Mustard. How dare you, Dr. But, man, it's a fucking, it's gosh, man. It's obvious, isn't it? Doctor is assumed with the medical uh, profession. This is my favourite, though. This is the, the phantom handshake that uh, Mark alluded to earlier. And, uh, sorry. There he goes. He goes in for the handshake with Chuck. Oh. He keeps doing this. this now is... our great oh. speaker, our partner, who all of these bills we... There's, there's a handshake. Yeah. And again, now our great you... speaker, our partner, who oh, yeah, all of weird, these bills we... That's not weird. He's got Alzheimer's. He's got dementia. Ah. Now our great speaker, our <laughs> partner, who all of these bills we... He's got the memory of a goldfish. Mm. There's a handshake. Two, he looks, three. looks over there. I'm going to stick my hand out again. Now our great speaker, our uh. partner, who all of these bills we... I mean, it's not nothing new. We know we know he's uh, cognitively compromised. We need some mm. millennial world leaders. Yeah. Who are who we lacking? Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Chalamala. Robin Patterson. Chalamala. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Robin Williams. Oh, sad. Yeah. We watched uh, Aladdin again recently. It's a, one of the best Disney films, Aladdin. It is. It is. It's incredibly funny. Yeah, he's a, he's a genius. He was a genius, Robin Wilson. Robin Wilson. <laughs> Rebel Wilson. Robin Williams. Yeah. He was. Imagine yeah. making Mrs. Doubtfire work. In today's climate, yeah. <laughs> it never get made. No, but imagine. 
My kids fucking love that film. They laugh their heads off. It's hilarious. hilarious. It's an hilarious film. Is yeah. that a warning at the beginning nowadays? Uh, but it, Aladdin does. <laughs> so. I don't know if it's... Does it still? Did, did the you... new Aladdin does. They uh-huh. made it, the Will Smith one. Right. And then within six months, they put a warning on it. Because oh, of <laughs> stereotypes. Yeah. Street yeah. rats. I mean, that's a whole different rabbit hole to go down. Mm. For another episode. Yeah, maybe. You know what? You're a real wanker. Come on, man. Well, shall we uh, fuck off into this night? This warm, hot, (laughs) tropical night? Can I have a corn pop as a bad (laughs) dude? Oh, gosh, you you don't... Well, I thought it'd be queued up. (laughs) Corn pop was a bad dude. Thanks. Thanks, Chablon. Anything else? I got hairy legs. No, we're all right. Good. Basically, the yellow ones are Biden. Right, I see. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international under pressure. Risk more cases and more desks. Deaths. <laughs> I see, yeah. You're a lying dog faced pony soldier, isn't it? Indeed. Yes. Yes. It also holds plural, I'll call Pluto's accountable. It's the classic. The most ambitious environmental justice agenda ever. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. Okay, let's sign off. Yes, goodbye. Bye. See you next week. Mm. I don't know who's coming next week, but I know it's going to be good. T44. Oh, Willie G. (laughs) (laughs) That's a new one. You weren't here last week. Uh, Guess better. Chungus never seems so sus. So sus. So sus. Wow. He vents to electrical. He vents to electrical. Every day. Constantly venting to electrical. <laughs> Let's take him to the Isle of Cox. Well, being whisked away for the holiday of a lifetime. Yes, you're going up to the Isle of Cox. How about that? Wow. Say, Plotland. Crisis in Plotland. Party central. Right. Lovely. See you next week. Are you entertained or what? Fully. Are you not entertained? Yeah, a nod. A silent nod. Taste our words. <laughs> I love you. All right, see you later, fuckos. Epic dub. <sighs> Thank you for watching. I am going to aim for the prostate in the men. I can't have children with the whore. Vegan sausage roll. Oh. Party central. I'm a cybernetic organism, living tissue over a metal endoskeleton. Like a Judgment Day in Terminating mode, like... That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. I have relationships with women and sex with men. Isle of Cox.